bank with your money was robbed. They get away with about 200,000 US dollars. You said it would be safe, you know? I took your advice. So, if I were you, I would get my money back. I'm pretty sure he said my motherfucking money. Yeah, he was. I kind of felt like he was ad libbing a few of those. Did you get that feel a little bit? Mother, he was just sprinkling in a um, a healthy dose of motherfucker from. Yeah, like maybe they just gave him free reign. You know, like be a badass and and call just it, Mrs. You know, Dash motherfuckers everywhere in there. <laughs> Give us a little Samuel Jackson flavor, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to episode four. <laughs> that was good. Welcome to episode forty-six of Schlockernaut, where we travel overseas to watch and discuss low-action flicks with a straight-to-DVD script like Asian Connection, which. Just so you know, I thought forever it was The Asian Connection, but when you look at the cover on uh, Netflix, it's just Asian Connection, but when you look on IMDb, it says The Asian Connection. I also know, I saw it was called The Mexican Connection, like overseas. Really? Yeah. Don't ask why. Very odd. You can check out at C52.com for previous episodes and links to support the podcast. I'm Doc. I'm joined by my gluten-free connection, Steve. <laughs> and now, on to the show. That was pretty good, dude. Good one. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, man, you got any of that gluten-free... Uh, Sourdough, can you hook me up? Dude, I got some baguettes from a new uh, little uh, natural place next to the pad here up by Aliante in 215. Mm-hmm. Out of sight, dude. Yep. I mean, for gluten-free, it's out of sight, so it probably tastes <laughs> a little less like styrofoam. and six. It tastes like 40% more like More like bread. packing peanuts? Yeah, it's, it's a little rough. <laughs> what was that? Uh, half the flavor, all the diarrhea? That's pretty much it. <laughs> We're talking today about 2016's the or just plain old Asian Connection, uh, rated R. It's an hour and thirty minutes. Uh, it felt like ten hours. Uh, available on <laughs> Netflix. I made myself laugh at that one. Uh, available on Netflix, streaming right now. The tagline for this movie is "The Beast is in the East." I saw that too. Attending the feast? No. Okay. Well, it looks like he had attended a feast or two, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm uh, it has a uh, estimated two million dollar budget. Is this straight to DVD? Straight to streaming. Is it really? No DVD release? Which I'm going to say here that it's not even fair for us to say that because we don't even like movies that are in the theater. So, I mean, uh, half the stuff we adore is straight to DVD or straight to streaming. So, I mean, we right. can't even use that like as a put down. I would say this had more of maybe a straight to TV movie feel, like an action TV, uh, something you'd see on cable. Sure, yeah. Than anything else. Some of the acting was very... Oh, man, it was hard to call. Jilted? I would say almost infomercial-like or soap opera-y, uh, if uh, that makes dude, sense. Dude, it's amazing you said that, because I used that later. Okay, cool. So, uh, it was directed by Daniel Zirilli, prolific director of a ton of direct-to-DVD actioners and a remake of Black Beauty, because who knew there was an audience for that <laughs> at all? Hey, man. It's an audience for hey, everything. Hey, have you ever... What's that? There's an audience for everything. Have you ever heard of Latin Kings with a Z? No, I think there was like, in, when I was in high school, there was a gang name in the Latin Kings, I think. With a Z or did they just use the traditional S, I would assume? <sighs> what about Voodoo Tales with, with a, a Z? Z? Is, that, is that his like a hook? Put the Z what about <laughs> Legends of Rap with a Z? I saw that too. He had a lot of like rap video uh, What production. about Curse of Alcatraz with a, oh, wait a second. That's the way you actually spell it. So never mind. Yeah. Good man. Okay. Sorry. Uh, this movie stars... Starring, in quotations, uh, Steven Seagal, Michael Jai White, Pim Boubert, John Edward Lee, which is almost uh, is like a serial killer name. Yeah, totally. Uh, Henry Lee Lucas, John Wayne Gacy, and Byron yeah, right. Gibson. 
I think John Wayne Gacy wasn't in it, but I, I see where you're <laughs> going Henry with Lee that. Lucas, yeah. so. Probably yeah, would have made it a little bit better. So this, to, just to let everyone know how we picked this movie, and when we say we, I mean me, um, we didn't have a movie. So send your yeah, hate mail to uh, me. Hate please. mail so, to schlockernot at gmail.com. Care of Steve yeah. and the Asian Connection. Attention, Steve. Uh, basically, what I did was we were talking after the last show, and I, uh, we didn't have anything. So we said, uh, well, we have a long list, but we try to vary the genres up. You know, we don't want to do too many horror in a row or too many sci fi in a row or whatever. So I said, well, we haven't done anything just new on Netflix. I pulled up new on Netflix. Streaming, yeah, streaming. immediately, yeah. right now. Easy for people to see, right? Sometimes the stuff we see, like the previous movie, was pretty tough to find. Um, and this was great because once you told everybody uh, what we were watching on Slack, man, did you get the hate mail immediately. Yeah, yeah, right away. So <laughs> I, knew, started watching, I knew it was a winner. Like, uh, <laughs> thank you for ruining my life. <laughs> well, here's um, how I picked it. I, I pulled up uh, new releases on Netflix. There was like three Steven Seagal movies on the front page, which I was like, hey, man, we haven't done a Steven Seagal movie. Um, it's new, so I just took all three of them and I looked at them. One was like TV mature, one was PG-13, and one was R. So I, I picked the one that was rated R because I thought maybe we'd get some blood out of it, possibly some nudity, something we could have some fun with, um, but I was wrong. I messed up. So yeah, go ahead. This movie is only rated R for Steven Seagal's language. For his couple mumbled, money. mumbled curses is what you get. And just so you know, I'm not a Steven Seagal hater at all. Me neither, dude. I love Under Siege. We should have done Under Siege. I don't know why. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know why we didn't do Under Siege. Because <laughs> <laughs> you picked this one. Totally. And you're the boss. Totally not. Um, I, one of the things that you talked about um, was the the cover of the movie, and I started to notice like they're really uh, people who are making cover art for for these uh, Netflix screenshots are really uninventive, man. They're all the same. I took a, I made a little collage for you guys of the three Steven Seagal movies that were on the front page, and he's wearing the same outfit, he has the same goatee, and he has the same sunglasses on with the same haircut in all three of them. Yeah, like, and he's front and center too. He's like looking off to the side, yeah. brooding a little bit, and uh, there's a couple other characters like holding weapons in the background or whatever. Um, they're, they're just really uninspired, man. They're interchangeable, dude. It's just a template now. Yeah. Well, that's even major Hollywood movies. Like I remember reading online about the the poor state of the Dark Tower posters yeah. like how they have so much cool art from the graphic novels from the the novels themselves they could they could get those artists to to make a full rendition i mean isn't drew struzan still alive for god's sakes can't we get him out of retirement i don't know we got to look that up is drew struzan still alive do you know i do not know but i did see the posters i think we had talked about it uh, maybe even a previous show and they were completely bland completely plain yeah they looked like every other poster on the wall with maybe a different color scheme but the same font and the same uh setup for the photo. It was really weird. Hmm. Let me look here. Yep, he's still alive. Okay, well, there you go. Um, so anyway, I just have a quick... Um, I made a mistake on the Cherry 2000 episode, and I promised Aaron that I would rectify that. Um, remember how I thought the girl that Sam meets at the camp was the same girl he met at the club? Right, yes. I was wrong. I mean, that makes more sense to me now because I didn't think she was the same, so that's good. I thought it made more sense that he would meet the chick from the club and she was just crazy instead of introducing a new character um, that we know nothing about. But I wanted to apologize to Aaron from Ghost Tattoo <laughs> and Crystal for bringing that to my attention. Hey, Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, a ghost underscore tattoo uh, at Instagram. You can go ahead and follow him there. Plug yep, he's far more knowledgeable than we are about movies. He's just uh, socially awkward and doesn't want to get on the interwebs. Yeah, I won't download Skype. <laughs> 
well, day we're going to make it happen. I should probably apologize, too, because I make errors in every show. I think we're at uh, 46 now. I'm like 46 for 46 on errors. Yeah, dude. So. I mean, I couldn't imagine how many uh, errors we've made. But you know what? As long as people have fun, listen. That's true. It's entertainment. This is an education. Come on, man. Come on. All right. You ready to get to it? All right. Let's do a fake sponsor and get cracking. Okay. This episode of Schlockernaut is brought to you by Asian Connection PMAGs. The P stands for preposterous, which is exactly <laughs> the amount of ammo that can be stored in them. That's good, man. That was really good. You even <laughs> threw a little PMAG joke in there. That's for the, uh, for the guys in the know, you know? Mm, indeed. All right. Uh, mine is brought to you by Black Hair Dye. Good for making old white guys look young or maybe Asian? Maybe? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Splatternut. Oh, Spoiler alert. Oh, Skippy. Oh, we're going to Skippy. Okay. Thank you very much, Sledge. We appreciate that. Looking forward to hearing more from you, sir, and we miss you. Unfortunately, I understood that Popeye rendition better than most of Steven Seagal's lines in this movie. No, he enunciated <laughs> clearly. Come on. You're just you're you're exaggerating right now. I got two clips that'll prove you wrong later. <laughs> okay, and then I will I'll close my eyes and I'll listen intently and I will tell you exactly what he said. Okay, I, one of the problems was he did throw in a lot of um I think he was trying to throw in some type of an, another language in some of his That was great. His first like the first time he speaks in the movie, he uses uh, a foreign language that I don't, I'm not familiar right. with. It's, uh, so that, that threw me off a little but bit. But they too. don't subtitle it, so that drives me nuts when they don't do that because yeah, I have weird. no idea what he said. Yep. If he could have said, I farted, um, sorry, and I have no idea. Yep. Or my feet hurt from the gout. I don't know. Did his goatee look bloated to you? His goatee reminded me of like a, um, I, I've seen people uh, describe goatees on dudes like a face vagina. Like if you turn their <laughs> mouth side, you turn their head sideways, it looks like a. Fully encased vagina. <laughs> and so it's a basically just to describe to people, it's a it's a his mouth has a perfectly uh pitch black, dark as night goatee encircling his mouth. Hmm. It just looks weird. It's like a, a form that doesn't belong on a face. Like if somebody took um kind of like in a police academy when they put yes. shoe polish on yes, the guy's dude. megaphone and he sticks it up to his mouth and he pulls it away, that's uh, exactly what it looks like. It's exactly right, dude. Okay, so this film begins with some pretty epic vista shots, which is the entire budget went to that, um, of the ocean and just panoramic views of the beaches and whatnot. And uh, a lady we learned later on is Avalon. Um, she's waxing poetic about her mom giving her good advice and Jack and a fairy tale story. And it didn't draw me in at all. I was totally uninterested in any of that at all. I wasn't into the voiceover at all. She, I kind of forgot she was doing it, and then it would pop up like halfway through the through the film. You'd get a little piece of her voiceover, and then it was she'd so out of in. place. She'd throw it in again. Yeah, it was really out of place, and and um, I don't know if it was an afterthought or wasn't the end of Blade Runner like that too? Like the the um, director's cut of Blade Runner. There's like a Harrison Ford. I've never seen the director's cut. So I, I think know. there's like a big Harrison Ford voiceover or something that was like done post. Just to kind of explain what the hell yeah. you just seen. Yeah, and, and this one just felt out of place to me too. Like it, it didn't match the movie, and it didn't, it didn't add anything to the movie at all. Well, she does tell you that the monster of the fairy tale is Gan or Gan Sirenkari, Sirenkiri. Um, that name is either really dumb or genius. I just don't know which. I looked up the, um, like the the uh, what's it called, the background of that name because I, this whole movie I was trying to figure out if they were trying to make Steven Seagal Asian. Like, did you ever? decide if you, if they were, he was playing Asian or not? I don't think he was. I think he was an ex-American expatriate that had adopted the Asian philosophy of life. 
Okay, I thought that too, because he does mention at one point, like, he came from America and, and loved uh, where they had, like, Indochina and ended up staying there. But the name Gansir and Kiri uh, is not American whatsoever. And he has a brother in this movie, Klon Kiri, who is definitely. Yeah, they Asian. say the Sirenkiri brothers. Right. He, and he, they even have the same last name. And then they do that whole rap in the beginning with the old guy about how his ancestors had taken that dude's ancestors' land. So I don't even know if they knew what he was supposed to be in this, you know? Is this a Hollywood whitewashing that flew under the radar? <sighs> Man, I don't know if they, if maybe they thought that at first they were gonna, he was going to try to pull off Asian and it didn't work so that they kind of backtracked it. or it, I didn't understand it. So I was curious. He could if be you, adopted. Could be. I am. You know, could be. Uh, he also kind of threw in a little bit of an Asian accent, and I'll play that a, a little bit later for you. And, and uh, I think, I don't know for sure if he was supposed to be playing Asian or not. I can I can say that for If so, um, that mission is still unaccomplished. Right. He's. I mean, he's wearing a gi all the time, and he's teaching It's like he, what he wears chi. in every movie now, isn't it? Just like his pajamas? <laughs> it's like a, a Hawaiian shirt for a fat dude. <laughs> Just, it's, it's like his Asian Tommy style. Bahama. Right. His black Tommy Bahama and his uh, loose pants with the... Uh, Flexi fit? It's comfy. Yeah. It's got a gusset. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, we know he's the bad guy in the movie, which is a twist. I did not expect that at all. Right. And and I think you said it right in the beginning when you said it's kind of a Steven Seagal movie because this is not a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. I mean, it's billed as a Steven it's, Seagal movie. It's a movie, Steven Seagal movie? But it is not sure. a Steven Seagal movie. Um, he is not the star. He isn't. And uh, I, I don't know if they were just using his name to to promote it or what, but this is definitely not under siege or any of the other movies I was kind of hoping for a little taste of, you know? Well, you could say it's like uh, starring Steven Seagal or, or you could say starring John Edward Lee. I would be more happy if they did it like a rap song, like John Edward Lee featuring Steven Seagal or something like that. No, I guess it would be even featuring Michael Jai White or cause he was even in it less than Steven Seagal. And they're like the top build um, mm. actors in this. And he's a good actor. I, I agree. He's spawn, right? Uh, He's Spawn. He's Black Dynamite. Right. Yeah, that's right. I threw that shit before I walked in the room. Yeah. Damn, Black Dynamite was good, bro. We got to watch that again. <laughs> great. Anyway, um, we we know now, based upon the credits, that we're in Nome Pin, Cambodia. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, and then we see the man in black, who I think that was uh, Siren Kiri's brother, right? Gon Siren Kiri's brother? The he, Klon he comes Siren Kiri, in, yes. He karate chops a guy. He does like a... Um, like a, uh, didn't William Shatner used to do that? Okay. I- I'm glad you brought that up, dude, because my very first note on this movie is Is it possible to knock someone out with the blade of your hand to their back? Okay. I do know that if you take um, your like forearm and hit some, I'm not going to tell people, but it-, it is possible to knock them out, but it looked like in- it was in the back, not like in the side of the neck or anything. No, it was not in the neck. It was the back, and it was with the blade of his hand, like where your pinky <laughs> is. You're, you're, you're uh, further forward from the wrist. Um, and I think I believe in the Vulcan neck pinch more than I believe in being able to knock. Didn't William Shatner used to be able to do that? Like yeah. in TJ Hooker or something like karate chop? I forget which show, but those were usually to, to the neck though. Somebody. Usually that's to like up to, towards the neck. This was like to the, to the middle of the guy's back and it knocks him out cold somehow. <laughs> so I was already, I already folded my arms across my chest. I'm like one minute into the movie and I'm like, mm. you're not getting loose. Mm. You're getting tighter mm. at this point. <laughs> I mean, dude, you, I'm sure they had a stunt guy somewhere on the set. Couldn't you like, couldn't you crack his neck? I like that in movies where they get the celery and. Well, I mean, they end up shooting and stabbing people all over the place. Why couldn't they just done it to him? Yeah. Oh. But that started off like I already like, uh oh, I had a little uh oh face after that. Like, uh oh, is this going to be a karate chop um, 
false false karate chop type movie, dude. <laughs> so I'm not into that. <laughs> I say this is an inaction film. Because when they go in and start shooting everybody up in the place, it wasn't even fun to watch. It wasn't, dude. It wasn't. And I, I watched it twice, and I told you the second time I actually liked it better the second time. Don't ask me why. Uh, um, but you know what I think it was? I think I nailed it right before we started recording. I watched Beverly Hills Ninja right before I watched my second watching of this. Right. How the fuck is Beverly Hills Ninja a better martial arts film than a Steven Seagal movie <laughs> no, dude. named The Asian Connection? No matter what you say about the man, which I'm telling you, he's he's a badass, he's dude. A total I would not want to fuck dude. with that dude in the dark alley. He is a badass. Aikido, and that is his martial art? Aikido, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, it, I think when he came out in martial arts, he was doing things that nobody had ever seen done in in movies before. Right. He, it wasn't stylized. It was all just brutal, violent, breaking, moving in clothes, breaking arms. You know, he was doing something nobody had ever seen. He is a certified badass. Can you pay him a couple of bucks extra to choreograph some fight scenes for your for your movie? Yeah, dude, it was such a letdown because this is not so, spoiler alert, this is not a Steven Skull martial arts movie. It's, it's almost like a busted Hollywood love story, like a Bonnie and Clyde with some weak dialogue and it, it, it i was so aggravated the first time i watched it the second time i had more fun like i said but um plot holes you can drive a big rig through too there's a certain the, scenes i was like well why did that have to happen the dialogue man the dialogue was like soap opery it was really weird um and it, i took some aikido back when i was uh, back in the day you know when i was in all that stuff and uh, aikido mm-hmm. is all about like it's weird because he uses it in movies as like an action you know breaking arms and stuff like that which is cool and it looks great and it, i thought it was great on film um, but Aikido in in real life is is made using to, their power against it, them, right? It's not only that; it redirects the movement. It's a it's a redirecting or a repositioning, but it's actually uh, made to protect your attacker. It's to do as less damage as you can to the person attacking you. It's a completely passive way to, to defend yourself, Marshall. right? Which he turned it into breaking bones and stuff, and good on him because it was awesome to see, especially when it was new and no one was doing that. You know? And you know, like some of those grabs and wrist locks he does. I mean, you 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 know that really works. Sometimes when he's Absolutely. flipping those dudes, that's their only option. If they don't flip, their bones are breaking. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, they've got to move with that, or they're done for. Yeah, I really and I'm enjoyed sure it. Probably accidentally broken some arms. Yeah. Aikido's really cool, man. They do like a whole flowing thing where you like push and pull with people's arms, and you, and you kind of like slowly, and you move up to a fast thing. It was really cool to take. I liked it. Hey, I, I told you before the show, I had written down some uh, Stephen King or Stephen King, yeah. Stephen Seagal jokes. Um, can I do a couple now? Just throw them in real fast. Yeah, maybe every time we get too negative on the film, we spice it back up with a good joke. How about that? Okay. okay. So just so everybody knows, I scoured the internet for these. I did not write these, and I will give credit where credit is due. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, probably the coolest thing about the new Steven Seagal blow-up doll is the ego inside inflates itself. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not That's bad. by Mr. Hook. So not bad. that was really good. Follow yeah. him on Twitter. Good stuff. Good stuff. So anyway. Uh, I noticed when he walked into the bar or wherever they were going into, like some of the actors had like terrible lags, so they didn't even get their weapons out of their holster. And and the assailant wasn't moving that fast. Nope. So he probably could have. It wasn't really a sneak attack. It was more like an, a, just a regular old, you know, run-of-the-mill attack. Yeah. Um, Movie attack is what it was. Yeah. So, and just, you know, Steven Seagal, I loved Above the Law. I loved Hard to Kill. I loved Under Siege, Executive Decision. And did you know he did an episode of Roseanne? No way. I would love to see that, dude. I'm sure I have. I'm sure it's in my brain housing group somewhere, but I don't remember. Is it as Steven Seagal? Or... I don't know. Should we boob tube that? Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. We're going to need a, a palate cleanser, if you will. After. Yes, sir. Um, but after those, he did a string of subpar films that didn't didn't even ping my radar, man. Yeah. I mean, like I wasn't even interested. 
not even like the so bad they're good type. Just not interested. Didn't he play one where he's like a fire marshal on a mountain in a fire? And he... Dude, I was really in, like, when, when I picked this, I picked it just, like I said, pointing, like, hey, let's throw a dart at a board. That's the one we're going to do. I just figured, dude, you're going to get some fun out of a Steven Seagal movie. You're going to get some some kung fu. You're going to get some Aikido. Um, I was wrong. Like, <laughs> We haven't even begun to talk about his, like, Brett Michaels bandana he wore throughout half the movie. I'm wearing one right now. Still on it. <laughs> you're, you're wearing one right now? Yes. Yep. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, he makes some sort of statement in a foreign language, uh, but they didn't give a subtitle on that, so I have no idea what he said. Um, and then there's some tough talk about, uh, I don't even know the other crime boss. He's he's basically sitting down, laying down the, uh, the, the smackdown on this guy, the verbal smackdown, telling him, like, hey, this is my town. There's not room enough for both of us. Um, but then the other guy, the bad guy, to the, ba- the bad guy, the, the enemy of the enemy, uh, does, like, a surprise attack on um, Steven Seagal. And we do get to see some super efficient Aikido right there. Yeah, and that, it, but that was kind of it, was the problem. She makes it look easy, dude. I thought his scenes were, he, he got involved in some of the action, were pretty decent, man. Yeah, there was some suspect and some good. Uh, this one was good. I did take a clip of him talking to the other crime boss. They had some back and forth about how the one boss was aggravated because he felt that Steven Seagal's family had taken his land, that guy's land or something. Right. Which, and in ancient tradi- tradition, they need to fight to the death with big ass knives. Right. Sure. So I took a cut of it because this is where I thought Steven Seagal was very mumbly and his delivery, I thought, was um, almost made up. And okay. then the uh, other guy, too, was really hard for me to understand. So see what you think. Confucius say, man who drop watch in tyrant going to have shitty time. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Steven Seagal. That was uh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I did take a real cut of Steven Seagal though. Have, have we heard that one before? <laughs> I don't know. I just started grabbing stuff. I, I really, dude, I hate going into something and being negative. So I'm making this one fun, whether, <laughs> whether we like it or not. You know. So here, here's the actual cut though. Tell me what you think. See if he's see if you think he's trying to um like inter- interject a little accent in here. Okay. Go. Now, a little birdie told me. You're very bitter about land deals that happened between our families, where supposedly my family got land that belongs to you. You have to understand, that wasn't me. I should have squat you a long time ago when I have a chance. What do you think? No, which one was Steven Seagal, the first one or the second one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, dude, that was almost like Native American, Italian, Irish, Australian, um, and uh, Gaelic. That was pretty much me trying to do like Punisher Warzone accents, right? <laughs> McGinty? Yeah, that was McGinty. No, but did you, like, if he's not Asian, was he, tr- why would you try to do that? That is a man who is doing an accent that knows no boundaries. Okay. So I really think they were going to go for him being Asian in the beginning, and maybe he wasn't pulling it off, so they tried to explain it out, I think. <laughs> by what how did they explain it out by that one line where he said you know he came from america but he enjoyed the culture so he ended up staying. oh gotcha so he just uh, assimilated because that's the only reference to him not being asian in the whole film but then you just you you said at the beginning like do you think he was trying to play asian so there's your definitive answer no <laughs> or yes <laughs> or yes <laughs> Can't go no, either way. he just it's like um 
when when people go to Europe and they come back with European accents and stuff, or go to Australia and come back wanting to smoke another shrimp on the barbie. So assimilating. Then how did his family take that family's land from long ago? Well, I don't know. Let's see the prequel. <laughs> yeah, let's go for that. The Asian connection, the beginning. <laughs> the Mexican connection was the prequel. <laughs> they come from Mexico. <laughs> they started in Mexico. Yeah. Well, whatever he was going Segal for there. Doesn't even more terrible Hispanic. Yeah, I was still kind of frowning from the from the karate chop. So that one, even there, I was like, uh, 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 rut row. I, do, I did notice that when they started their their big big ass knife fight, um, Seagal did get the more flattering of the choreography because the sure other did. guy was basically like me with a play sword for my kids, like a, a lightsaber in the house. Uh, dude, that, just yeah. like flicking it around in a circle. I have a cut for that knife fight too here. Sexy but ridiculous. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous, dude. The other guy, it was like his first time holding an edge weapon, and uh, Seagull was like the featured teppanyaki practitioner at Minnie Hobbs. <laughs> <Right. laughs> if, if, if I can set it up visually, in case you don't want to watch this movie, they stand about four feet away from each other and swing knives kind and of- slap fight. Yeah, they slap fight with knives, and there's a whole bunch of foleyed in, like, ching, 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 ching. Like, it's a kung fu movie, but they're nowhere close to even connecting. And it was it was done basically with camera angles, uh, fronting Seagal, then fronting the other guy. And uh, I was not impressed by the uh, by the dance in the beginning. He, uh, he skewers the shit out of the guy. And then we are treated um, to the credits and scenes of people riding around on motorcycles, which made no sense to me initially. Long credits, like three or four minutes full of credits. I had no idea. Why are we focusing on people riding motor- motorcycles? Because... It doesn't explain who they are, and then we go immediately back to Ganspad, and he's giving a speech to all of his henchmen about violence being the last resort, which we know is not true. Um, and that's when he did lapse into an uh, ang- Asian la- language again, which I would assume he's speaking is it Cambodian in the language. Yeah, sure. Laotian. I know it's right next to Laos. It's by he. Uh... he- he reminded me of Mitch from Dazed and Confused, though, because he continuously touched, kept pushing his glasses back right. up on his nose. Yeah, and that, that also felt very imp- improvised to me. Like, his delivery was real weird. He kept saying, um, a lot. Like, he'd say, uh, well, you know, um, violence is the last Which is why he's um, pushing the glasses back up onto the bridge of his nose. Yeah. You, you've seen those videos of Mitch from Dazed and Confused, oh, haven't yeah. you? Oh, yes. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I thought his back, his accent was uh, rivaling Nick Cage's accent in Season of the Witch, and that we should probably do Season of the Witch, bro, because that dude, being you, you realize the name of the show is Schlock or Not. Right, 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 right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> what are we gonna <laughs> right, do, right, right. Citizen Kane or something? Right, right. You're right. You're right. You keep talking about, and then next week we're gonna do a, a Zombie Farm Massacre, <laughs> and I love those movies, but I mean, we are Schlock or Not. Yeah, we got to mix it up. You're right. Oh, dude, so, and before we get too far in, there was one thing in the credits. I don't know if you caught, bro. Story by Tom Sizemore. Yeah, what? <laughs> what? Was that this was, when he was on math? Or? That was the only thing I caught in the credits. I was like, wow, write that down. <laughs> he's had a really bad problem with addiction, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's been. He was on some of those shows even, wasn't he? Where he was like getting, yeah, like thousands of pills and yeah. meth. And, yeah, bummer, dude, because he's awesome. He's like, I love yeah, his, I love his, his movies, man. Awesome. Get better. Dude. Yeah, man, seriously. Like he's hey, listening to this, whatever. Drugs are bad, um, okay? Drugs are bad, okay? Uh, he retires to the bourgeois, though, with a smoking hot female, uh-huh. which I think is the only reason he showed up to set that day. Yeah, <laughs> probably. And then finally, the motorcycle sh- shots make sense because um, the two fellows that we saw riding around earlier, which if you're trying to rob a bank, you'd probably be a little bit more low-key, hmm. but uh, like maybe trailer the, the motorcycles to where you're going to rob it instead of driving them around all night. Um 
Sam and Jack rob a bank. And Sam is played by Byron Gibson. He's an English actor, stuntman, a producer. Uh, he was in uh, a Nicholas Winding, I think you pronounce it Riffin. I've, nobody's ever, I've never heard it said aloud, so that's how I say it. You ever seen Only God Forgives? No. That's a really good Asian movie. Um, he was in Action Jackson, nice. but not that one, the one made in India. Oh, not nice. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and Hard Target 2, which there was another one of those. Yeah, wow. All right. And then Jack, who's played by um, thespian John Edward Lee, um, is a um, actor-producer and not a murderer, like we said earlier. Um, he's been on Criminal Minds, Bones, and a, a sequel, Still Waiting, which I never saw that. Um, Fast and the Furious, never saw that. Terminator Genesis, don't believe I've seen that one either. And did the Mafia 3 video game. Yeah, I noticed a lot of his credits. He was uh, billed as like a punker or punk rocker in bar, so he must get that that type of role a lot. I actually thought he did okay, man. I did too. I thought that um, what he was given was hard to work with, I think, and, and he would, uh, gave 110% and tried to sell some really, really flimsy dialogue. So uh, I Just thought that he was all right. awkward um, things he had to say, and yeah. he did the best he could with it. I agree. I'm now, Sam, on the other hand, um, he reminded me of like when Austin Powers came out of the cryo-freeze chamber, <laughs> and he couldn't control the sound of his voice. His delivery was, was yelling. He was screaming. I don't know. Maybe they just had the boom mic a little bit closer to him, but it was like, oh, God. He was the opposite of Seagal because Seagal was all like, there's one thing that I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> and then the other guy was like boisterously loud. Um, you know who that his uh, accent reminded me of was uh, Ollie G. For some reason, I kept getting like little flashbacks yes, of Ollie yeah. G when, when he would talk. <laughs> Do you have any of his dialogue for clips? I don't think I did take any of his. Uh, I don't think I did. Bummer. Do you think I'm weird because I couldn't get over the fact that they were robbing a bank in Cambodia, but they are barking commands at everybody in English? Uh, Jack, every once in a while, would say some stuff in, in a different language, but again, no subtitles, and it was all yelled. Um, and it was like literally like two syllables, and then put the money in the bag, everybody get down, bang, bang. I'm not even going to try and <laughs> bang, mimic it. Bang, <laughs> But I, I, I don't, I'm not a, um, a dialect expert, so I won't even try and do that. But um, it, that kind of just really perturbed me because if they give Seagal Asian language lines, why wouldn't they just give them right. an Asian language lines for the entire scene of the bank robbery? Right. I'll tell you something of that robbery that bothered me too is like the guy comes in, he shoots a couple holes in the ceiling to get everyone's attention and they're, they're going in back to get the money. And about halfway through that, some chick just strolls out of the bathroom. I guess she didn't like hear any shots or anything. And she's walking out oblivious to everything yeah, going like, on. Like, hey, what's happening? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And he has to grab her and like throw her to the floor or something. Like, really? You didn't hear all the shooting and yelling? and Well, nothing? so you agree that like shooting into the ceiling is an obvious bank robbery, bank robbery cliche, right? Totally. Yeah. What about the fact that they do the uh, old uh, trope? One minute. Yeah, yeah, they're timing it. We got four, we got 15 seconds. That whole thing. But what's funny is uh, when he said one minute, they had only been in that bank for 15 seconds. I actually went through the trouble nice. of timing it. Nice, yeah. And you know, um, and like you said, they're not being low-key. They drive up on motorcycles, and they actually get their guns ready outside in broad daylight while they're sitting on their bikes, like they're yeah. cocking their pistols. And Nobody's going to call that. Yeah, it was, it was. Report that and all. You know, um, it was. The what, guns sounded like cap guns. Some did. Some sounded great. Some sounded horrible. It was, it was. Really, uh, sp uh, the whole spectrum in here. We got really loud, and then we had the kind that's kind of tinny, almost metal sounding, mm -hmm. um, like they then, were shooting it in a uh, barrel full of water. Or yeah, something. exactly. And then you had a couple that were um, more machine gunny, like the normal what you'd hear in like a Chuck Norris movie or Predator or whatever. You know, it was all over the place. I liked it though. So then, I, had, I was okay with the gun sounds. I was not. Uh, they make off with the loot in an extended no chase um, 
get away scenario. (laughs) Literally nobody's chasing them. They're riding, riding across, um, like a bat out of hell, deserted roads and through fields and whatever. Um, but the music was pulsing up tempo. Mm -hmm. Um, it was clearly being utilized to, um, manipulate our, our emotions because it was uh, dramatic, but yet there was no nothing dramatic happening on the screen nothing, whatsoever. Nothing I, to to put a positive spin on it. Uh, the the it was a very clear film, like it was shot really clear. The camera looked great, and I thought the yeah, sound was great too. Awesome. The uh, audio was excellent. Like there was uh, no highs and lows that I've been dealing with a lot lately. It was really good audio. Dude, did you notice the um, on Game of Thrones the scene with Cersei and Tyrion? Yes, it was like a hiss. Yeah, she had like a static on on uh, on her lines. I noticed that too. What dude. was going on with that? Man? I think even like, Lynn, <laughs> I think Lynn caught that too. Yeah. That's weird. It's like Jesus. That show is like perfect. Yeah. Like, anyway, um, <laughs> it was great. This is my, one of my favorite lines. Um, they're checking out how much money they got, and one of the guys says, "Jesus, man, why does the bank have this much money?" Right? They're mad. It's, they're they're worried about too much money. <laughs> it's a bank. <laughs> That's great. I, I figured there'd be more donuts in there. There's, right. there's so much money. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's true. That was funny. Um, that's when I wrote down in my notes, I thought Jack was doing a fine job. Sam was a little bit hamming it up too much. Um, they, they then decide to make a wise decision to tape large amounts of money to their body in a public park. Right. <laughs> They're not hiding anymore. They are criminal masterminds. So, I mean, um, so I, I, I'm thinking in my head, like they're going to, would they get like 200 grand or something? They said it was an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah. So all I can imagine is like going up to the checkpoint that they're going to looking like the Michelin man. Right. <laughs> they call stuck out like you're wearing a, a winter coat. <laughs> like they can't bend their arms <laughs> to get their passport out of their pocket because yeah. yeah. the money's all taped to their yeah. forearms and joints. I think that whole scene, though, was more to set up the personalities because the one guy's, you know, he's telling him like, hey, man, you got to be careful with the guns. And, you know, so you're, they're setting Jack up as like, hey, he's he's your antihero. He's not a bad guy. And the other guy's the reckless one. I'm going to spend all my money and, uh, you know, shooting up the place type deal. Fun fact, he is the same guy as Sam because he does the same thing later. He totally so, does. Yep. So it means nothing. Yep. Um, they roll up tandem to the checkpoint um, on the exact same bikes they just used to rob banks. So I'm sure there was no like be on the lookout or whatever you would have. Like the cops wouldn't tell people at checkpoints, look for guys on motorcycles. What about all their guns. Where's that at? Yeah. They just put those at the park for kids to find later. Right. Um, that makes total sense because why not? Um, also, I noticed that they looked really shady and they were just dripping with sweat. Totally sweating, dude. Yeah, this was another one of my my uh, movies where I caught a ton of sweat. I almost took some screen caps for you of all the sweat dripping off the dude. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. Um, um, now we're in Thailand because those jumping credits that pop on the screen and move around a lot and fade in and out, they told me that. And um, that's when Jack meets up with his lady Avalon, who's working at a bar, and that's Pim Boo Bear. Um, she was in The Man with the Iron Fist 2. Again, didn't know there was a sequel. And did yeah, that movie awesome. No Escape, which I've been wanting to see. It's on my queue. I heard it's really good. Have you seen the first Man with the Iron Fist? It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. With um, who dude, did that? Dude from the Wu-Tang. RZA? Yeah. RZA from the Wu-Tang, right? Yeah, it was really cool visually. Very cool. Uh, I remember I watched it with Lynn, and she liked it a lot, too. It had a lot of like those scenes with like lotus flowers and petals falling in front of the camera while it's they're It's like fighting. a total... like. Um, Homage to like old school Shaw Brothers martial arts yeah, movies, really right? Cool, Chopsaki yeah. Kung Fu. Yeah, really cool. I liked it a lot. Cool, man. And um, when, they, when they do uh, introduce her uh, Avalon to you, you get a total like prom date slow mo coming down the stairs. Uh, like a, a she's all that when yes. she just took her ugly glasses and uh, yes. coveralls off. Yeah, and it was driving me crazy, dude, because I know I'd heard the name Avalon before. Did you? Did you catch that? 
No. Okay, dude, I had heard it before. And I'm like, what movie was Avalon? And what movie was Avalon? I finally remembered, and it was on my second watching. Avalon was in uh, King Arthur. I think that's the place where like his sword came from. Um, and oh, I no think even he was there to, to like to recoup when he got hurt or something. That was like a magical place in the King Arthur story. Was Avalon? Well, I knew it was a place. I just didn't know where. I thought you were talking about like. Have you heard the name Avalon in another movie? Oh no, I, I just I remember the name, but I couldn't remember where I where I'd heard it from until, like I said, the second time around. Like, oh yeah, King Arthur, dude, the Avalon. That that was his. Uh, I, I don't remember if the sword came from the lake there or if they forged the sword there. There was something. There's got to be though. an Asian meaning because she was 100 percent Asian. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. So and pretty, this is and actually pretty, her final credit too. Pretty pretty easy on the eyes, if I could say that. Yeah. Um, her acting. Um, soap opera esque. I took like it as about? I took it as almost. Um, well, I took a cut of it. Let me, let me see if you. I, I think more like infomercial style acting. But see what you think. Where did I park my car? Oh no! <laughs> something, something along those lines. Would you say? Yes. <laughs> Which I feel bad saying <laughs> it, man. Her, <laughs> that, that wasn't her. <laughs> I stole that cut from uh, the Morning Stream podcast. Credit credits to you. I love that cut, but. <laughs> um, I just like I, I think she was really going for it, but it was so like on the There's nose. Nothing to say. There's yeah, no meat on the was, bone. It was real. <laughs> it was very like I said, soap opery is the best, probably the best way to explain it. So you've had soap opera esque and soap opery. Yeah, and infomercial level. Uh, yeah, level acting. Yeah, and I, dude, I couldn't do better. I, I let me preface that or say that too i could not do better i so. can't wait till i get my first shot at a movie oh my god where did doc park his car oh, oh my god no. <laughs> i'm gonna be worse than the simple dwarf <laughs> it's gonna be like those those mini mall commercials with me and you trying to rap like some commercial <laughs> it's so bad buying is selling and selling is buying or whatever that was that's so bad dude <laughs> uh, i like it when mid midwestern white folks wrap it up it's terrible, always. Always. Um, so then they're driving around town. You get another voiceover from Avalon. Her mama always told her, like, they're, don't take shortcuts in life. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she totally does. Dude, so. and, and she says, like, she's too good for, like, um, working in the go-go bars, but she's not too good to, like, sell cigarettes or steal money. Like, I didn't really get that, dude. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, what's so she bad about She also doesn't push back bar? too hard while questioning Jack about the... Uh, the where the ass load of cash came from. Well, she was like, she was don't ask me any questions. Okay, she was where, flaky, are we going dude. shopping right now. Or? Yeah, she was flaky about it. At one point, she was like, "Don't get yourself in trouble. This is bad." In the next scene, I want in on it. I'm going to be your partner. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. I mean, like literally, start spending those ill-gotten gains immediately. Like, right. mom, who, what? My right. mom said, "What? Why did they have that in the voiceover if it meant nothing for her character?" Right. right. If she had said, like, Jack, we're out of this, this is not, if she had, like, been forced to do this robbery because her boyfriend was going to be murdered or something like that, that makes more sense. But that wasn't it, I don't think. It was just like, okay, let's just do it. Very inconsistent. I caught the same thing and it bothered me also. Yeah. Um, He goes to clean up, which is probably just his nice way of saying, like, I got to drop a grizzly real fast. Right, right. (laughs) Um, She finds a gun in his bag and she um, basically has no RSO because she uh, aims it right at his face, but says, don't worry about that. The safety's on. Yeah, let me, uh, just in case anybody out there doesn't know, you always treat a gun as it's as if it's loaded, rule number one. So, strike one. Never put your finger on the trigger. Strike two. She was breaking all the rules right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But that was another, like, weird inconsistency because at some point she was badass. I know how to handle a gun. My dad taught me everything. And at another point she was, like, damsel in distress. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, so it was really um, inconsistent in terms of her, her character being developed, I thought. 
Um, and she also doesn't have a problem making sweet, sweet love on a, uh, a bed filled with uh, gross ass money. Oh, it's bed. so nasty, dude. Just think of the paperwork or the, uh, the paper cuts and like the germs entering your wounds from all that dirty money. Like you get a, like your balls get cut and then the germs get in there and just the uh, goiter you're going to have after that. Isn't there cocaine residue on like 99% of all bills or something, dude? <laughs> so gross. I don't think so. There, I don't think I, that's I, an accurate, if there's, accurate statement. If there's not cocaine residue, there's fecal matter on 99% of all paper money. Guarantee it. Everybody's handled money and it's gross, so don't have sex on it. Public safety yeah. uh, message announcement from Slock or not. <laughs> there you go, dude. You're getting a couple today. <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts back to Gan's mansion. Um Seagal, I think, is reading off a hidden script uh, in the roses that he's trimming. About, oh, yeah. don't, um, give, don't give that up. I have a cut for that. I don't want you to say what it is. I want to play the cut, and I want you to tell me. I labeled this uh, sound clip what? Because I had no clue what they're talking about. So I'm going to play it, go. and you, you decipher it, okay? Go. What kind of note is that? This is called uh, Rosabella de Rose. It's... it's... <laughs> Now tell me again that he doesn't mumble his lines. <laughs> That's him trying to fumble his way through some French term for a flower. Oh, is that what she asked? What kind of flower is what that? What kind of flower is that? This is a... Okay. Now you know which that... my mama used to grow back in America. Now you know that because you had context, but if you did not have context and I play this cut for you... What kind of flower is that? What kind of flower is that? You, could, you heard flower there? What kind of flower is that? I do. What I kind have flower no is that? No clue what she was asking when I listened. She to was that. really Asian. <laughs> she was not Asian. <laughs> she, she was not hamming it up. Right? Yeah, go ahead. Try it again. Okay. What kind of note is that? I don't hear flower there. She's saying flower. Okay. Because he's literally manipulating a flower in his hand. No, no, I get that. That's what I'm saying. With context, it's understandable. Without context, I had no clue what she was saying. Okay, let's get to his point. Oh, okay. Let me. Well, I'm gonna have to play it again here. What kind of note is that? This is called uh, Rosabella de Rontes. It's <laughs> Rosabella de Rontes. <laughs> He's okay. making it up as he goes. And I okay. literally thought he had a script behind the, behind her or like on her forehead. It was written on a flower. Like you're playing that headband <laughs> game that my kids play. She has a script on her forehead while he talks to her. Oh, he's reading it off his palm while he was cutting the flower. <laughs> But bad news is Sam and Jack stole 200000 of his money. Right. And uh, aren't banks insured? <laughs> Isn't that why you put your money in a bank? Maybe maybe not in Cambodia. I don't know. I don't know. But the the bummer part there is he had the same reaction every time they got robbed. He would throw this this fake tantrum. More money missing out of the bank? What? We got to kill these guys. And I mean get it em. this time. And then, then and they cut, get robbed cut again. Get to another bank robbery. Jesus. <laughs> again. Uh, oh, but back in Thailand, super smart crook Jack deposits the stolen marked money in the bank. Why would why would criminal money be marked? I don't know what that even means, but it's marked. <laughs> I didn't even understand that. Like I thought that marking bills was like if um if they set aside a sequential number like these this number to this number is now used for tracking purposes and if any of these get um used anywhere, I don't know who would scan it or how anyone would know, but it would come back as a marked bill. I, I didn't understand that whole. I didn't. I didn't get it. I just said marked. I don't know if it was marked or not. But, so just, no, no. He um, said it. He said it in the in the um movie. Okay, but think about this: if you just stole a large amount of money, the the, the descriptions for the suspects were always the farangs. You know what that means, right? No clue. I was going to ask you anyway. That's a Thai uh, slang for basically white dudes, your people of European descent. Okay. 
It, do, it doesn't so they, offend me, by the way, so you can use it. Farang, okay. Yeah, it's fine. So they knew, everybody knew that white dudes were stealing money from these banks in Cambodia. And then he goes to Thailand, which is like one country over, right. and deposits $200,000, or $100,000, we'll say, which was half, there were two people, half, exactly half the amount of money that was stolen from the bank in Cambodia. And he was also a Farang. Just throwing it out there. Might throw up a couple of uh, signals. No, no, that makes sense, but that's not what they said. They said the money was marked, and you've been spending it all around town, and it can't got back to me. Right. But so, like everybody there was like checking every bill against some list, or <laughs> I didn't get it, dude. They do plan another heist, and that's when I said Sam is going to blow this because um, he wants to buy. It. It's always in every movie. Like two people get a lot of money. One guy wants to not spend it and be conservative with it. And right. the other guy just wants to go out and buy a new Lexus right. or, you know, go get a bunch of hookers and blow and, and drive around in a Maserati or whatever. And I think Sam had a legit point later though, because uh, Jack was always telling him to stop spending the money and Sam was deposit or Jack was depositing his money into Avalon's bank account to hide it. And uh, Sam was basically like, well, Hey, uh, you're spending all your money on your broad. Why can't I spend my money? Like, oh, well, yeah, makes he's kind sense. of right, you know. But dude, it got to the point where it's starting to annoy me because every conversation they're having is about right, the, right. the freaking money. They shoved it down so your like, throat, for sure. Like Jack and Avalon have dinner and they talk about the money and it's like, dude, okay, I get it. Yeah. I understand that there's a lot of money and that's what you want is more money. Right. But you want to be safe with the money. Right. Yes, it was um, very heavy handed the way they uh, the way they addressed that part of it. And unnecessary, dude. Everyone gets it. Uh, uh, okay, right. Because then they'll know yeah. you stole it because now you have You've a Lamborghini. You've seen a bank heist movie before. Right. So. Um, Jack is super happy, um, having a great day, and then he gets bonked in the head and knocked out. And then when he comes to, he's tied to a chair. And a, uh, a person who works for Gon named Niren is torturing him right. by putting a cigar or a cigarette out on his hand. Burnt his palm with a cigar, yeah. But then... Um, and then, but then he, I think he gives him like a wad of butter to put on his hand. Yeah, he burns him and then he gives him some butter to make it feel better. And they get into a whole um, very cliche. I, I never understand in movies where one bad guy is going to force someone else to to do criminal acts for him. I, I don't understand how that works. Uh, we saw it. In, you have $200,000. Just say, okay, when he leaves, go somewhere else. Right. What was the movie we saw where they were trying, they did the same thing, but it was like a cop and they were making him do a drug deal? Um, oh, um, uh, Dark Angel. Dark Angel. Was that it? Mm-hmm. They they cause they force um Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren right, to right. go do a drug deal for him. I don't I don't understand how to that free works. his FBI agent buddy. Yeah, the one th- one takeaway I had from that scene was um he puts the gun in the dude's mouth and he cocks the hammer back like manually with his thumb, um not pulling the slide back you know to chamber around. I guess right. you, you could have had a round already chambered in the hammer decocked, so I'll give him that. But he cocks it back with his thumb, and in the very same scene, it's not cocked anymore. So they make a point to show him cocking it back, and then it's as soon as the camera cuts, cuts back, it's not cocked back. And It was also a little awkward. It's very phallic. <laughs> you're right, dude. Now that I think about it, you're right. Because he kept like putting it in and pulling it out, putting it in and pulling it out. Like. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> and, and, dude, you know what? I'm a, I'm a kind of a stickler for some of that gun stuff, dude. So that might be something that only I care about. Maybe no one in history or the rest of the world cares, but th- that stuff does stick out to That's me. It's like, fun to kind of watch for those sort of things. It is, yeah. And, and, and it's a continuity There's a thing. whole section of Goose on IMDb, so I don't think we're the only people okay. who care about it. But I probably miss like 90% of the other goofs and I just catch the gun goofs. You know? it's kind of, right. It's always the gun it's ones. So super ultra focused on one thing. dude. That's bad for me. 
That's all right, dude. I mean, that's your, your kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We do have a plot twist because now Niran wants him to go rob more banks. And he's going to basically tell him where Gan deposits his money so that he can steal it. And it's going to take Gan literally the entire rest of the movie to figure out it's an inside job. Even though there's only one dude and he's the dude that's telling him what bank to put his money in. (laughs) (laughs) But dude, wouldn't it be better to get someone you trust to do the double cross? Like, why would you pay Jack anything at all? Well, how did Niran find him too? Oh, because he said the the marked marked bills. Right, the marked money. But I don't, I don't even see why, like, why would you trust somebody when you're forcing, I didn't get any of it. Like, that whole thing did not make sense to me. I, I didn't get it. Anyway, Avalon comes home, unties Jack from the chair. He explains everything to her. Um, um, and I really didn't, he, Gan, or Nira never told um, Jack that he worked for Gan, right? No, he didn't know. He didn't know until later in the movie that it was. Uh, but Sarah he says to her, I stole some money for some really bad guys. But he never said that. Right. I don't think. No, he didn't. So I didn't understand that. Um, also, that's when I took a note that all the guns in here look like airsoft guns. Uh, except the Chris Vector. I love that gun. But yeah, most of them, the AR was an AR, but a lot of them were just stock movie gun. You know? Like, I mean, there was really no, no like. No markings, no distinguishing things where I could say that's a Glock. Or the that's AR a was real. That looked good. Yeah, the Chris was real and the AR. And other than that, you know, st- standard gun, I would say. But dude, okay, wait. So, but before you get get off of that, let's break this down um, money wise. So he's going to get half of everything that Jack's stealing, and he's going to tell him where to steal it from, right? Okay. But he's only getting half of what Jack steals, so they're okay with Sam actually making more than anyone else in that deal. And the, Sam wasn't even included in that. Or is it half scene. before they split the half? Well, in the in the scene where they finally meet up, Sam gets his whole half because Sam doesn't even know where Jack is going. Because remember, they have all the money from the bank, and he takes his bag and says, "We got to make a stop." And he kind of leaves him off to the side, and he goes and gives um, Nira and his half. So Sam still made more than both of them. And how ironic is it that Jack's telling Sam not to spend the money, so they get discovered, and he was the one who gets discovered <laughs> by spending the money? Right. You see, like where my mind was just going, like yeah. at so many different angles. Like, why does this make sense? Is this only me that's that this doesn't make sense to you know? It's a little um, confusing. Because if anything, you'd think he'd get him and Sam together and say, you guys are going to keep doing this. But again, why would they pay him anything at all? Why wouldn't he just say, you're going to do it or I'm going to kill you or I'm going to turn you in? Or why would he try to trust somebody to do it other than someone he knew that they could actually make money together and do it the right way? Like, I didn't. Why take the risk of someone exposing him? None of it went anywhere. Dude, it's funny. I'm sitting here while you're talking and I'm looking at IMDb and on the Asian Connection poster at the bottom, it's Jack and Sam on a motorcycle on the streets and there's like a, a terrific cars flipping behind them that never happened. Yeah, in the there's movie. no car flipping. <laughs> Dude, it's pull it up. All right. Oh, totally, dude. It's doing like a side like a barrel roll, <laughs> like a sideways roll, dude. Yeah. False advertising. I've just exposed you the or a regular Asian connection. I'm going to tell you right now, if you name your movie Asian Connection and it's got Steven Seagal on the front cover and it's not a martial arts movie, that's false advertising right there. Yeah. You have done wrong. Yep. You're not doing it right. Nope. So anyway, Jack explains to Avalon that he's going to rob another bank. And just like that, she's like, cool. Oh, yeah. She's down now. (laughs) Okay. So just like every other character, what they've said and done previously means nothing. Right. Uh, and then we get a restless night montage. Niran finally calls and gives Jack the location of the next job. And that's when it cuts again to Gan, which is Steven Seagal, everybody. 
uh, teaching his lady friend sign language. <laughs> he he was a uh, I think he was trying to teach her Tai Chi, but he's basically feeling her up. Is what was going on? <laughs> and it's like, a, no no no, don't do it like this. Come here, let me um, get get you from behind a bench like this, and then cup your boob, right. and then yep, that's it, how you do. Isn't it. Isn't it nice to see to see Steven Seagal teaching the Asians their own culture? I think that's really sweet, dude. <laughs> that's really good. That's good stuff going on there. <laughs> So I had no idea what the purpose of that scene was, except for maybe more Seagal screen time. Yep. Maybe. Do you think he filmed all of his scenes in one? one I day? wrote that down. I wrote that at the end of the. I mean, I was going to ask that question at the end of our uh, discussion. <laughs> and I hold on, let me skip to it. Uh, here's what I wrote down. Uh, well, first I wrote down Steven Seagal's goatee looked bloated, so I already wasted that one. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here it is. Was all Steven Seagal shot in like one day because he never changed clothes or anything? That's what I wrote down. <laughs> He had the same glasses, the same like busted. He would fit breeze between scenes just uh, because the heat was making great. him sweat. And so I'm glad you caught that too, dude. That's funny. Cool. So um, at this point, Jack goes to meet Greedy Greg and his, um, what I put down was his Tyler Durden cosplay costume. <laughs> dude, totally. He looked just like Brad Pitt from uh, Fight Club. Yeah, like the white uh, fedora, like the Red Pan- leather Panama jacket, Jack, yeah. button down patterned shirt, textured hair, and like a cigarette. And yeah. it just, I mean, it was like a, Total Tyler Durden ripoff. Yeah. Um, but Greedy Greg is played by Michael Jai White. He's great in everything he does. Including I mean, I'm sure this. he's got some duds out there because he's had some straight-to-DVD fare as well. I haven't seen him. Um, commanding Presence, Imposing Physique. He did Black Dynamite. He did Spawn. There was a movie that I thought was really good he did. I don't know if you've ever seen Blood and Bone. That's That rings a bell. I might have. That was a really quite surprisingly good actioner, man. I was my next door neighbor told me about it. He's an Asian or a action movie aficionado, and he told me about it. So check it out, Blood and Bone. It's got Kimbo Slice in it. Nice dude. Yeah. Passed away recently. Yeah, I know. Yeah, bummer. Yep. Uh, Jack wants to buy uh, basically some guns from Greedy Greg um, because uh, for some reason the guns he had to rob the banks previously weren't good enough for the next bank right he needed bigger hardware well he needed bigger hardware because um remember they only used pistols before but now he's he's concerned about this guy looking over his bag but did you understand what he was talking about when he said the um i opened some of your other packages and you had gun parts large mags and blah 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 I didn't pay much attention to it. He no. was talking about how he found out that Greedy Greg was dealt in guns, and it was because he opened up some other packages from him and saw a bunch, bunch of gun parts and large magazines and whatnot. I don't okay. I, None of it made sense. But I thought we had another fun little cliche. Um, Greg made him lift up his shirt to prove he wasn't wearing a wire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the technology has evolved since 1970 where <laughs> they were doing that. I'm sure they have something better than literally taking a large um, – Wire, actual wire, and taping it to their chest with like a Sony Walkman to in your back pocket. (laughs) They had a reel to reel, yeah, like on a cart behind him, so he could record the entire thing because he may be in there for a while. I don't, I don't know. It was very suspect. Um, And then we get uh, him perusing the guns. Yep, one of which is a Chris Vector dude, and I I really like that gun. I've never shot one. Um, I actually looked at one last weekend with Dave. Um, It's on my list, man. I got to get one one of these days, but I've always wanted to try that out. They also had that um, AR-15 in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the 9-milliliter submarine jacuzzi. Yeah, of course. That was there. <laughs> A couple of shotties, um, which they literally pumped when oh, he wait, pulled wait, it out. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We can start using this for every show from now on. There yep, we go. Yep, that happened. Go. That. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Like, you've got all these badass guns, 
And you pull out a pump shotgun? Yeah, Why? A gun you can get at Big Five for $310. That's the one that's Fun cool. Fun fact, everybody. They do have semi-automatic shotguns that do not require a pumping action. Yeah. They jam more, but they sure are fun. Absolutely. Uh, and that's when Sam uh, is screaming at a lady at the bar, which I guess is his way of flirting. Um, and when I say flirting and yelling, he's basically uh, confessing to murder. Yeah. Um, Shooting in people an open and bar. robbing banks. That is not appropriate first date chatter. Just saying. Yeah, and it, you know it's what? Not, it's it's not good for um. On, you let being her on talk low, more about herself. <laughs> that too. It's not good for laying low when you're a wanted uh, bank robber either. Yeah, and you're about to do another one. <laughs> but again, dude, why did he need more guns? This dude's having rob banks. Shouldn't that dude be helping him? Like, why would he be? Can you come with me to procure more more guns, or do right. I have to take money from my? savings and buy the guns and then give them to right, you dude, like like if that guy wants you to do this these jobs and he's gonna make money off it why why wouldn't he help him the whole way why wouldn't they become partners like why would he work against him i don't know yeah, yeah. me neither so anyway um that's when kind of jack tells sam like hey dude you're getting a little careless um they bicker a little bit and um um they go back and they, uh, when I think Jack tells Sam, Hey, we're going to rob another bank. He's just like immediately like, Oh, okay. I'm cool now. Yeah. Anytime that they're together between bank robberies, it's the exact same argument. It's the same money argument about, you know, that what we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to Jack having another restless night where he masturbates his new arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, he basically totally, sits in dude. the bathroom with a shotgun, just like cocking it up and down back and forth. Not slowly. only that, dude, he actually sits on the edge of the bed while she's sleeping and practices like, um, raising it up to his shoulder and saying, get down on the ground. <laughs> but he doesn't want to wake her. So he's like, get down on the ground. Yeah, he's like messing with the charging handle and shit and like, get down on the ground. And he's practicing it's just like his a pants. Shitty and taxi driver scene. Yeah, totally dude. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's right. Um, um, I thought this was funny. They're they're back at the bank robbing another bank, and the two schmucks literally use their their real names talking Dude, to each other. I, I wrote that down too. Like they're Jack. Both, yeah, they're Jack. both yelling at each other. I told you to stop shooting people, Sam. Like Jack, we're, we got fifteen. We're fifteen seconds early. Jack. One minute, Jack. One minute, Sam. Okay, uh, I get it. Quit shooting people. Totally, dude. We got to drive home, which is thirty minutes away from here at so and so so and so street. Yep. So stop it. Avalon's going to be mad at us, who's also my girlfriend who works at this bar. <laughs> She's a cigarette girl. <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. They were they were completely calling each other by the first name during all the robberies. They should have come up with code names. Yeah. Uh, which you should start thinking about that right now. So they ride out and they argue in an open field in their robbery gear. Um, and then and th- they go to when- an abandoned gas station. Isn't this when they meet up with uh, with Neron for the first time? They, they argue at first, and that's when Jack tells Sam, this is what we're doing. Right, right. They go to an abandoned gas station. Jack goes over and pays off Neron, um, who seriously has a, a hankering for a hunk of apple on. He sure does. He is. But, I don't even know how he knew about her. But didn't later when he get in his car, he's got a picture of her on his, like, visor? But who, who really, dude, who wasn't hankering for that? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I wasn't. Hi, honey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost done with the podcast. I was not... Uh, attracted by her in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. I don't know how my wife found out about that. Yeah, uh, Lynn's, Lynn's back there, too. Uh, She's tapping her toe right on the yeah. step. It's like, you son of a bitch. Like, if you're an Asian chicks, cool. Not my thing, but, you know, that's if that's your <laughs> thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus. Anyway, but see, we that, get a montage of the guys robbing Oh, banks. I got the Michael montage, but before that, this is where I... um. This is where I decided that Sam didn't give up any of his money because 
Jack never told him like, hey, dude, you're also going to have to give up your half of your money, right? Like they Why? they went that there together. That wasn't his contract. He didn't get screwed up. Okay, so we're in agreement here that actually Sam was making more money than either of the two other guys. Absolutely. Why oh, would ridiculous. he be taxed for not screwing up? <laughs> ridiculous. So right. we, get we get that montage, montage of the guys robbing banks and paying off Neuron and getting cut? awkward lap dances for some reason, um, which I'm just saying that watching him get a lap dance is like watching your dad at a titty bar. It's awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward. Not okay. Yeah. Um, and not really a good, a good uh, hey, dude, it's an R movie, bro. You could have a little fun with that. And, and they didn't. Yeah. I mean, and you're in Thailand. So like having like a chick with a dong. If that's what you're like into, a lady dude, boy. If that's what you're into, bro, you know you do what do what you got to do. Hey, dude, <laughs> just saying. Um, I thought it'd be funny, like the reveal of Steven Seagal's face, like what? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe he lifts his sunglasses up just a little bit, like those yellow tinted glasses, <laughs> just kinda, like he's checking the undercarriage right, of a car, right? right like, just just a little lift on tilting it. Tilting his head over to the right. <laughs> See, that'd be good. Uh, I thought the score was really quite good, man. Uh, maybe the score to this movie was maybe one of the better aspects of the movie. Yeah, like I said, it was that dude did visual, a really. I'm going to tear up just to destroy this name, Ali Helen Wine, Helen Vine. Sure, bud. He's done a lot of different genres: action, horror, drama, and kids' films. Man, so nice. he's a jack of all trades, and he's pretty good at it. Yeah, I agree. I liked it. Um, after the montage, though, um, Jag gets reprimanded by Neron because they killed a guard. Because I think during one of those, he Sam actually shoots somebody, right? Which Jack has told him to kind of lay off the gunplay a little bit. Right. He shot a um, dude in the leg um, because he was going for a cell phone or something like that. But but again, yeah. dude, if this if you're a bad guy and you're doing all these, you're double crossing you're, and you're you're burning dude's hands and putting your gun in a dude's mouth and trying to get him to get money for you, do you really give a shit if a dude got shot in the leg during a heist that made you money? Yeah. Do you care at that point? Yeah. I mean, what was it? Your cousin? Your, you got your cousin a job at that bank? So like, you're he was threatening to sexually assault and kill Avalon basically the whole movie. You don't shoot a guard, though. Right. In the leg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, now you get a quick, there's then it jumps to Gan giving us some speech about a fish or some bullshit. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. It was some metaphor story that went nowhere. So I just kind of, he would do that quite often when yeah. it wasn't showing, you know, him getting a lap dance yeah. anyway. Um, near tells, um, Gan at this point though, that he knows who's robbing the banks of his money. And then Seagull kind of intimates that he knows he's full of shit. I don't understand any of it. It meant nothing. Yep. Um, and that was every meeting. It wasn't like every time he always suspected this guy, but he never did anything about it and left it in his hands. To yeah, stop just the crimes. like, okay, I, I think you're full of shit. Uh, tell me where to put the money. Yep. And go, oh, and and, go uh, ahead and take care of it. First Bank of Thailand. Okay, cool. Yep. Oh, my God, my money's gone. <laughs> you're full of shit. I think you're dirty, but tell me where to put my money now. Yep. Yeah, so he's the dumbest criminal mastermind. Ever. And the brother, obviously, too. He was always holding his gun, and you know, like every time Niren would come around, like whatever it was, what was his name? Timon, or I forget his uh, name. It starts with an S. Hold on, I'll find it. Klon, K L A H A N, I think. Klon, Klahan, Siren Kiri, Byron Bishop. Um, which I thought he did a pretty good job. Too. I did too. I enjoyed him. He just didn't have a lot to play with. And on even Niren, Niren wasn't. He wasn't the worst, and he wasn't the best, but he was okay as well. I thought. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he definitely was scuzzing it up. Yeah. Um, so then it cuts back um, that Sam has purchased a Mercedes. Um, so Jack and Sam are bickering about it. Avalon's mad that Sam bought it. Um, so basically Avalon and Jack are acting like a married couple already. You know, it, as soon as you get married, your wife hates all your friends or whatever. Right, right. So... <laughs> um, 
Um, well, he makes like one it, little comment to her, like, stay out of this. And she's like, fuck you, I'm out of here. Tell me, <laughs> I don't like, come, dude. Because he says something like, hey, he's always spending money on you. Why can't I spend a little money on myself? Right. You know, which is, he's got a valid I, point I there. Earlier. I think it's um, true, yeah. But then Jack and Sam hit another bank, and this time the cops arrive. And um, Gon's guys also show up. And we get treated to like a subpar gun battle. I, I thought that um, was a fun one, man. I mean, out I of the... I like it, dude. I thought the Foley work sucked. I thought they use CGI bullet hits on the cars. Um, the the chase afterwards with the dude with the parkour shit uh, was terrible. Really? See, I, Jack I thought, and Sam actually go hmm. butt to butt in that scene, dude. Really? They do a... What's a... Um, who's butt the, butt. the director that always makes people stand back to back with guns on the other side? The face-off Michael guy? Bay or no, 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 no. The face-off guy. Oh, um, Jesus. John Woo? Yeah, John Woo. They always have a scene where the two people are back-to-back with their guns, like, on either side of a wall. Um, then, yeah. Dude, they're chased by a guy on foot. To me, to me though, um, if you put it in the scheme of, like, all the other gunfights in this movie, I thought this one was maybe the most fun uh, out of all of them because there was no fun in any of the other ones at all. So if you had to rank them, would you give this one the top or would you give one of the other ones? Well, sure, and it still wasn't fun. So well, Right, yes. right, right. You're right. I mean, I, it wasn't I was fun. the least not offended by this scene. And I'm also going to uh, stick up for the parkour dude a little bit and saying I that hate parkour. Well, out it's, of all... Uh, extreme walking. It is extreme walking, but I'd say out of all the... Um, I'm a kid quote, Out of all the quote, quote, action kick-ass scenes in the movie, his was probably the best. He's the only dude that had any physical prowess at all in terms of like kicking I, and anything. I guess I was a little hasty. I don't hate parkour. I hated this guy's parkour because he, he like kind of just like jumped over a couple of pony walls. But what basically. did anybody else do? Steven Seagal did a sword fight, dude. A, dude, that sword fight. I could do that Steven sword Seagal fight. knocked out two guys at one time with one punch. I will do that sword fight with you with a spatula next time you're at my house. It'll look exactly the same with the right camera work, dude. It's <laughs> so weak. I, I said a hasty karate dude. fight scene. As, as, in the scheme of the movie, that parkour dude I thought had probably the best athletic prowess of anybody else in the movie. He did run a lot and shoot at people that were right in front of him and couldn't hit and them. Miss. Yes, I'll and, admit that. And he did some spinny kicks and, and a few little maneuvers that no one else in the but, movie did. I think Sam wasn't. Sam was bringing it to him, and he's got some drunk English guy who hammers down Jack Daniels right. before every heist <laughs> that was... That was you know, not getting torn up by this guy. So how good was he at martial arts? Sam team? looked like he could not run up a flight of stairs. The other dude, like <laughs> the other dude Sam gets like, tired opening an envelope. Right, so. right, right. So I'll stick up for that dude a little bit, and it, but not much, but I will. I did think that it was bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Jack fighting him. And Sam shoots the, uh, the parkour practitioner in the back. Right in front while of Jack. Jack is right in front of him. Yeah. And it didn't, and it didn't penetrate and kill him. But it did later. No, the bullets penetrate in this movie. No, no. Jack, oh, later spoiler. it does. Yeah. It, what do you mean? No, when Jack gets shot in the back, it doesn't go through. It does. No, it doesn't. When Sam gets shot, not Jack. When Sam gets shot, it goes through and kills the bad guy as well. It kills two guys with one shot. Oh, okay. That's the only one that penetrated, though. I watched for it. I, hey, dude, I'm, I watch for penetration in movies. All right, man? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good um i thought jack's facial expression was great when uh sam shot that dude because it was almost like a phew right Ooh, he almost had me that jack jack's uh had the same mo in every bank robber too like he'd come in everybody get on the ground and then his partner no matter if it was avalon or sam would shoot at a person or at the sky he would always jump and be surprised and look at him like they shouldn't have done that but they did it every fucking time every time why were you surprised every time you know you ready for another steven seagal joke 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pepper that one in for sure. All right. Um, good to see Steven Seagal contribute to the fight against online piracy by releasing movies nobody wants to see. <laughs> Rough, dude. <laughs> that was from De Plus K. Follow him on Twitter. That was really funny. Thank you. These are supposed to be positive, dude. It's supposed to turn me into a positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just peppering them in, man. Uh, That's good, man. So anyway, Gan is uh, berating, gone or Gan, whatever, I don't remember. He's berating his staff again. He's angry about his missing 500K. He finally admits he knows it's an inside job. Um, and I actually wrote down on my notes. Was it me or was Seagal's mic turned down for this one? Because I, I could you, barely hear him. He's mumbling his ass off. It was him, dude. It wasn't the mic. Everybody else was like super clear and super loud, but his, it was just I, I, barely audible, just, uh, unreadable. It was the delivery, dude, because he was always like, here's, here's one thing uh, about fish. He's doing a dark night. Here's one thing about fish that relates to bank robbing. Uh, both of them end up in the water at some point uh, <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> some bullshit. Yeah, that was pretty good. Also sounded like Christian Bale, so hey, that was awesome. A twofer. Hey, Lynn's in here. Let's get her on the show for the first time. Hey, babe, come here. Say hi to the show. Come on, don't ruin it. Don't make me look like an ass now. Tell her make do her super Asian sound, too. Hi. <laughs> hey, Dude, Doc, that was so great. Doc asked if you could do an Asian accent because we're, we're watching the Asian connection. All right, here she goes. Hello. <laughs> that's that's oh, racist. God. Go upstairs. You're ruining the oh. show. You're t- you're bringing it down a notch. <laughs> oh, it just took us down. Uh, no, thank you very much for that, Lynn. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Who is Asian? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's make that clear before it gets ugly. <laughs> so that's. I think that's why I'm laughing because she would do something so horrible. Um. So at this point, he actually draws down on Niren, um. But he backs down because he really wasn't sure who the snitch is or. He wants to, no. He wants to make sure who the thief is before he kills him, which okay, you're a, because I guess violence is the last resort, like you said earlier, right? Whatever. But that's when Jack and Sam meet, and they're trying to figure out who Niren is involved with. And um, I thought Sam, okay, so I'm gonna do this wrong, okay? Okay. But I want you to just bear with me because this really <laughs> it frustrated me. Sam's line is, I need to know who is trying to kill my ass. Okay? Okay. Um, I don't know. The inflection on the word ass was just really unfortunate because if I were to say that, I would say something like, I really need to know who's trying to kill my ass. Right? Right. But he said, I'm going to screw this up. It's not going to come out right, but I'm going to try anyway. I need to know who is trying to kill my ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he put the... Um the wrong syllable, the, the wrong the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he, I need to know who's trying to kill my ass. Yeah, I should have taken a cut of that. So that just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a death like part. I said. Watch it and picture Ollie G, and it's almost exactly the same. But then Jack congratulates him on the good shooting when he killed a guard. So before he was like, "Hey, dude, tone it down," but now he's like, "Good shooting, Tex." Yeah, thanks for saving me. Yeah, so... And he even bought him those guns, dude, so he was, like, supplying the guy. Yeah, like, hey, last time you didn't shoot enough guards, so I got you a fully automatic. Yeah, like, so Sam, Sam's making more money than him. He's not being extorted in any way that I could figure out. He's also getting the free guns, and he's yeah. getting yelled at for spending his money. That's what happens when you're the boss. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sure. Um, and at this point, Niren calls Jack with another job, um... And this scene is actually one of the more logical with in regards to what Jack does because um, Jack tricks Niren into uh, saying 
that he works for near and uh, Kieran Curie or whatever, the right. Kieran Curie brothers. Um, but Jack records the conversation of him basically saying, I'm telling you where the Kieran Curie brothers are putting their money. You're going to do this job for me. Or I'm going to fuck you. Right. And he records it and plays it back to him, but then does nothing with that. Yeah, so they found out that they were stealing from the Kieran Curry brothers because during the last heist, the one previous to this, not the last heist of the movie, um, one of the guys in there is like, do you know who you're stealing from? Like, you guys are dead. And that's where they find out, like, oh, okay, now I get it. So he gets the idea, I guess, to to set up Neron now that he knows who to go to the, go to the, who to take the information to, right? But he does nothing with it. Well, how about this? How about just not do the last job? Yeah, like, hey, bro, I got this recorded. Um, this officially ends our contract because if you want me to do another one, I'm right. going to go ahead and send this tape. They'll kill you, and I have nothing to worry about. So, right. good day, sir. Right. Like, instead, they go through this whole thing. I said thing. good day, sir. <laughs> Why even go through with it? You've got what you need to get out of that. Now you right. guys hate each other. There's going to be animosity. Why are you doing now what you're doing? I didn't understand. Yeah. So anyway, they go to do the last one, I guess. Sure. Why not? Uh, but before that, we have to get some more character development right. uh, with Jack and Sam cruising. Um, Jack and Sam, uh, Jack and Avalon, I guess, are going to go skip towns. Uh, but Sam um, has to make a quick stop to go get some smack or something. Uh, yeah, he was getting drugs while the other guy was buying shoes or some shit. <laughs> like deodorant and yeah. a toothbrush and uh, yeah, whatever. Or cigarettes. He was buying cigarettes. That's what he was buying. And water. Right. Um, anyway, drugs kill everybody because, uh, Sam gets killed because they were going to rip him off of his money instead of supplying him drugs that will kill him anyway. Yeah. Drugs are bad. Uh, Come on. So, uh, Sam shows up or Sam gets shot. You said through and through. I didn't see that because I didn't care. Uh, Jack shows up just in time to watch his partner die. And when he returns back to his house, all, uh, sad and desolate, bloody, uh, um, not desolute, is that the word? Despondent? Sure. Okay. Um, depressed. Sure. Um, Avalon's polishing his guns for him. Yep. And cliche alert, he needs to find a new partner and she wants in. Yeah, and she's all of a sudden super proficient, like, with the guns. And, I mean, before she was pointing it and, you know, doing all everything you shouldn't do with the gun. But now she talks about how her dad taught her how to shoot the snot out of any living creature because with a body like hers, she had to defend herself. Protect and herself. She, Did you notice that what? while she was pr- trying to prove her um, uh, worth and her proficiency with the firearm, she slammed the magazine into the pistol, jammed the slide back, locked it, then released the slide... Yep. <laughs> Instead of just not holding the slide lock, she locked it, then released it to load the web. Yeah, my guess would be uh, the mag was empty and it locks back on an empty mag. <laughs> so uh-huh. <laughs> that probably was Th- what that happened. That could have been it, maybe. But yeah. Either way, you know, I mean, it just looked silly. It, it was also a complete. It completely didn't match the character up until this point. Like now, she's a badass that wants to rob banks, but earlier she didn't even want to work in a go-go bar because it was it was beneath her to make money that way. You know, that entire scene was filled with terrible dialogue. Like you said, the whole thing about her and herself, or her having to protect herself. Right. Um, but she did say, um, "I needed to protect myself, like you did from the first day you met me." Like what? What was he doing to protect her? Yeah. Giving her money, I guess. Yes, maybe. Trifling ass bitches trying to get money all the time, dude. And then, um. I got a cut of her from that scene. You want it? Sure. Where did I park my car? 
Oh, no. <laughs> there it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's so good. Oh, That's God. a keeper, right? Um, the mission is a green light, so Jack and Avalon, they I guess they're going to go ahead and prepare to rob the bank, and by prepare to rob the bank, Avalon pumps the shotgun to prove. Wait, I got that too. Oh, man, we're getting it. Can today. you do that last clip with that one after it? Where did I park my car? Oh, no. <laughs> Production value, plus one. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Um, and then we get more electronic music. As uh, they both move into position around the bank, but then it cuts somewhere to a dojo. <laughs> this is bad, bro. And Gan confronts Lucky as two dudes pummel each other. And I don't know if you noticed, um, there was a film flub in there because the big dude knocks out the Asian guy. But then when it cuts back to the conversation, the Asian guy's back up He's and fighting. He's standing the big dude, yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, and also, Lucky says that the big guy is preparing for his big fight tonight, and I'm pretty sure you don't fight actual people. You, like, spar. You, you don't knock each other out the day of a fight? The day of the big fight, yeah. And, so, then, but, and then after the whole scene, Seagal goes in and knocks them both out, but wasn't he making money on that fight? Like, why would he do that? No, he asked Lucky if Lucky had a lot of money on the fight, and Lucky said he did. So after the conversation where he accuses Lucky of being the guy who's who's in on stealing his money he goes into the ring and knocks both of them out with like he knocks hits both of them at the same time with one punch knocks the big guy down the asian guy out then the big guy comes at him again and he gives him like a front kick to the chest he gives and it's him over. a hasselhoff front kick that didn't even go past <laughs> his knee um i, I disagree though dude because I, I remember him saying like i don't steal from you you get a cut from all of my fights this the fighters got a fight tonight so if he would win and and that dude makes money Gan would get a cut of it. Gan would win as well. So why would you? And also, now I've seen a dude get knocked out by a, a blade hand chopped to the back, and I've seen a, a two dudes, professional fighters, get knocked out with one punch. Yes, I I don't buy it, dude. And the punch looked okay awkward as shit. It was like a right hook that yeah. kind of like went hooked a yeah. little bit too much. And I, I knew that was coming. Like I already I already knew Seagal was getting in there. And I I worked with a guy like that, an instructor on the range that like it, some of the dudes always have to like. They they have to show their moves right. Like they can't just be cool about it. They need to, they need to get in front and and prove that they're they're better than you or they they can back up what they're saying. Um, and I don't like right. people like that, dude. I, it just bothers me. I don't know what it is. Is that why every time we go to the range, you tell me how to shoot better? Bullshit. Every time. Yeah, I wish I'll I had point it out. To, I'll point it out to you next time. I wish I had a bullshit. You are that person, to, Steve. I wish I had a bullshit. You just don't know it. You're crazy. Never. <laughs> Never do. Never do that. I'll show you. I'll, I'll, I'll call it out. I'll do like it. yell it loudly do on it. the range. Steve thinks he's better than everybody. Please do. Hello. Please range do. safety officer. Steve's a- ego. Yeah, I don't give that big. shit. I don't give that for, for free, dude. Instruction. You got to pay for that shit. Dude. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll give you a sidetrack story on this, though. Uh, so back at, about the time when I was taking um, Aikido, I was with me, too, and Danny back in the day. We used to take, it was called, it was Filipino stick fighting. I think it was called Kali Eskrima or something like that. And it was, Kali. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. So it's basically two sticks, right? I've we taken that fight. before. Okay, cool. So yeah, I did too. We took it for quite a while, almost two years. and uh, It's I was, fun. I was it's pretty a lot decent of fun. At it, right? So you know how you do it. You have this preset motion that you go through um, mm-hmm. and you do a dance with the partner pretty much with these sticks and it's pretty fun and it's good. So we were in a, a class full of mostly teenagers. Um, I'd say like 13 to 18 was the group I was probably 16 or 17 at the time. No, I couldn't drive yet, so I was probably 15 because we'd walk there. Um, there was one chick in the group that was like in her 20s, 
and she was, I don't know why she got to work with the teens. I don't know if it was like a timing thing or she didn't want to work with the women's group or I don't know what the deal was, but she was like by far the oldest one in there. And she was super fucking aggressive, dude. Like whenever you worked with her, she didn't get a good flow going or like kind of start at a pace and work your way to get faster. She would constantly be aggressing, like hitting the stick so hard that your like palms would would rattle and it would hurt and just like make you sore. Sting, dude. Right? Yeah, and it was right off the bat. And she'd always be jumping towards you. So you'd almost always be having to take a step back. And it was very it was just off putting, dude. And everyone hated part pairing with her, hated it. And me and Hav were two of the older ones in the group, so we got her a lot and we would just commiserate like I can't remember her name, but like, oh my God, dude, this chick just, I hate working with her because it's just too aggressive. It just made you feel really uncomfortable when you're working with her. You're not so, training. You're, you're being defensive the, the entire time. So right. you're not being able to work on your maneuvers as well. Not at all. I'm concentrating on not like falling down or getting my hands, my fingers right. smacked. Funny you say that. So me and Hop talked about it one night and I'm like, dude, I'm, if they pick me again, dude, I'm solving this shit. So <laughs> the next time it was my turn to spar with her and she, and she always had these herky jerky, like jumpy movements where she'd jump, like kind of do like a little boxing jump towards you. Dude, I smashed her knuckles so goddamn hard with that stick. Those are real sticks, too. We taped them with yeah, electrical oh, yeah. tape. They're real yeah, wood no. sticks. Dude, I went right for the hand. I knew she was coming in. I just didn't back up. So when I swung, I knew I was going to be too close because you used to have to back up with her. And, dude, I blasted that chick's hand hard as sh- Dude, she cried, dropped her stick. Dude, big old cry, everything. I didn't get any trouble for it, though. Dude, never had to spar with her again. Problem was solved. That was it. Okay. So, so once again, that's schlockernot at gmail.com. Right, right. Uh, and you can tell us how you do not agree with Steve assaulting women. Let me tell you what, dude. She was a habitual <laughs> she was a habitual line stepper, bro. And sometimes you gotta check the people back over that line, dude. She I was line stepper. I think uh, you solved that problem quite ingeniously. Uh, she, dude, she had to get checked, man. <laughs> so basically if you're at the range and somebody's shooting aggressively, you'll just shoot them in the back of the oh, butt. First or of all, the, gun uh, safety. Like, small of their knee. You'd blow the tip of their finger off, so they couldn't do that anymore. This was a one-off situation that needed to be handled. And uh, <laughs> I tell you what, dude, I was getting little secret like nods from everyone in that group, dude. You like little fist bumping you. That little Miklo salutes all around that place. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, she still can't close her hand <laughs> or write a letter because of her. Because she's got she's got ET's finger. <laughs> she can't do anything. <laughs> Like that guy from Scary Movies, her whole hand. Right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that lo- until this movie popped up, dude. I hadn't thought about that probably since in my teens, man. It just popped in my head, like, oh man, That's I remember. So great, I remember taking these damn classes and having that those aggressive people that are always too much, like, like, dude, a sparring partners should be like when when they're always you're supposed to be like sixty percent and they're like a hundred. All and the you're time. like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you? I don't want to get hurt. Right. And you got to feel each other out and you kind of get to know each other and you work up towards some what people you're aren't as flexible for. as other people, yeah. you know, so grabbing their arm and twisting it around is not going to be cool for some people. You got to, you got to know your partner before right. you just jump in there. Right. Yeah. And, and yep. she didn't, she was very aggressive and she sure didn't. She got a sadomasochist. <laughs> he likes to hit women. <laughs> <laughs> she, dude, she was barely a chick, bro. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> she could probably kick my ass to this day, dude. <laughs> uh, she's going to listen to this and she's going to find you. Like on my door, like. <laughs> uh, hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah, she's. Yeah, she definitely. Yeah, I see where you know where I'm going with that. Then, right. Right. Yeah. So. Um, Sorry for the sidetrack. <laughs> that's right, dude. We need the sidetrack. Um, uh, we go back to the robbery after the Gan scene. Um, same tactics they've used at every other robbery, except for instead of Sam, now it's Avalon doing every all the shooting in the ceiling and shit. Uh, we get a little slow-mo action. 
um, which only made this movie go on even longer. Um, outside, uh, the police arrive, and we get more CGI bullet hits. We get literally the, the glass breaking with CGI. They would have little spritz of glass coming out of the car that were all CGI. I didn't notice that, man. I'm glad you caught that. Look at it, look at it again. It's oh, I terrible. totally believe you. Um, she, I don't know if she was shooting slugs out of that shotgun, but when she would shoot the shotgun, like a, a maybe a little bit bigger than a 9mm hole would pop up in the uh, car. Yeah. Um, Jack gets clipped in the back. It's not a through and through, thank God. But it's still lodged in his back, so we're going to have to get that out sooner or later, I'm right. sure. Um, so as they're driving away from the, the robbery, which nobody gives chase here, um, I'm pretty sure in a situation like that, they were, like if they turned a corner, the cops would still be chasing them. Right. But they never got chased. Um, so while they're on the land, they decide to swing by a pharmacy and grab some supplies. Um, and then it cuts back to Gan again. Uh, now he admits he's a dumb motherfucker for putting his money in the banks, which I thought was hilarious. It was so uh, perfect. Yeah. Because um, that was exactly what I was thinking the entire time. So he's basically a, a main character is uh, reading my thoughts and, and saying them out loud. That was kind of yeah, fun. Acknowledging his fault, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, let's be honest, uh, we haven't even talked about this, but every bank they hit basically stored their money in a sturdy filing cabinet in the front <laughs> in the lobby of the bank. It was it was four feet from the front door in like a uh, snap-on, something you get at like Dick's Sporting Goods for $45. In front of the teller window. Yeah. Every time, yeah. every bank had the same. And, and way it was it was money. stored like rolled. You know how like you roll up. I've never done it, but you see it in movies where it's rolled into like a circle. I'm pretty sure banks don't like rubber band their ban- their bills in a circle. Yeah, so you could easily throw it in a bag and get out with it. But what do I know? Um, that's when um, it cuts back to them escaping and Neron calls, and that is when we find out what is the Asian connection. It's Neron. Is it, I I didn't figure that out. I'm glad someone you said did. I'm Jack's connection. Ah, uh, okay. Because she's like, who who is this? And he's like, let me talk to. Let we need guy talk. Got it. She's like, I want to know who this is. And he, she go, he goes, put Jack on the phone. I'm his connection. Okay. And so Jack's white, and he's the Asian connection. Okay, got it. And there we go. So. And the movie's over. No, I wish. Uh, um, Neron, Neron is unnecessarily harsh for a guy who could easily be, easily be blackmailed at this point. Right. Because he keeps calling him names. It's like, dude, this first off, this is the last job, so I could literally kill you when I show up. So Not only that, like, since this is the last job, why not just take the money and go? Why meet with Neron at all? Yeah. Why? leave. Yeah. Because that's what oh, they I end up doing anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, I well, thought like, this was really great we get a, we get a uh, Rambo 3 moment. Um, where they're trying to do some self-medication, yes. self-first aid. Yep. And uh, basically he tells her um, to pour the vodka on the wound and on the key and use a, like an old hotel room key to pull the uh, bullet out of his right. back. Yep. Um, uh, quick question for you. Didn't they just leave a pharmacy? <laughs> possibly got What kind some. of pharmacy did they go to? Did they, did they not have like <laughs> tweezers and some rubbing alcohol there? Right, dude. They're still using like stuff that you'd have to use if you were stuck on a desert island to get a bullet out. <laughs> Jesus. And really, dude, for for a rated R movie, I really would have liked to seen some more of that key digging. You know, like a little work on that. Um, there's and the no, bullet nothing hole. there, dude. This this movie could easily have been PG thirteen if if Seagal had just not said MF right. a couple. Right. Times. My my next note was why is this R even? I mean, if you're not going to show me the key digging in the wound, what are we mm-hmm. getting here? I mean, I guess there was like a, a half a second of side boob. Um. Is that it? Do you like side boob? 
Sure. You shouldn't, because that's my side boob. <laughs> yeah. That was Steven Seagal's side boob. So it's still rated R. <laughs> With the hair on it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, at this point, it cuts to Niran in a uh, hotel sleeping with a lady friend. Um, he hears an assassin who is, is extremely gifted with lock picking because he can do it with one hand with a rifle on the other. Yeah. Literally, just imagine a guy walking up with like a needle. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks up, he's got a rifle on one hand, he takes a needle, left-handed I think, and like shoves it in the lock and unlocks it immediately. Yeah. And uh, Niran has decided to escape um, getting assassinated, but he left his lady friend in the bed to get yeah, shot. Yeah, he didn't care about her at all. <laughs> she just gets peppered, dude, and the little plops of blood come out of her and shit. And uh, Niran slices the guy's throat yeah. and makes him pay. But wait, um, that's when Callan, Clayhan, Clon, Clon, Clon comes in, puts a pistol to his face. Uh, I thought that was a pretty decent fight, like wow. close up. There's some head smashing into the wardrobe. Wow, and dude. So we're complete opposites. I thought that was really stale. Um, I, 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 I thought it was horrible. I, was I, I called it a mini boss fight, and uh, he did the, the classic thing of always talking before he killed the dude, which always, you know, gets Yeah, you and then killed. also not using the gun you brought in to kill him, but right. like breaking a bottle right. and stabbing him with it. Yeah, I really thought that one was stale. I preferred the parkour fight to this one, but, um, you know, agree to there, disagree. There wasn't a fight, dude. There was no fight. Dude, there was as much fighting in that one as this watch one. It, watch it again. I watched it twice. It was uneventful for me. I'd say they were, anyway, both, they were both 10 seconds long. How about that? Okay, we can agree on that. Klon, <laughs> right. instead of grabbing the pistol he brought in to kill Niran with, um, takes a bottle, smashes it, and stabs it into his gut and says, uh, well, first off, let's set this up. He tells him, open your eyes while I kill you. I want you to see it. Right. Right. And so Niran jumps up and shoves Klan, Klon out the window where he falls to his death, and as he does that, he gets the best one-liner of the movie. I bet you didn't see that coming. Horrible, dude. I hated it. That was the same delivery that he used in the movie. Um, he, and he the did, fall not only was did he terrible. You could tell it was a total wire because he's like in a weird position as he falls, like a wire's holding him up, and he falls behind the car, and we get a CGI blood splatter that I wanted to throw uh, a rock at my TV screen. <laughs> But, you know, before he throws him out the window, he actually turns the bottle around and stabs him with it. I didn't even see that. Yeah, so he comes at him like you would stab somebody in the gut with a broken bottle forward from the front. And yeah. the dude just grabs his wrist and twists it backwards and sticks it in his own chest and then pulls it in the thing. Like, almost like a, why are you punching yourself type gag. <laughs> oh, my God. And I didn't I, even I would, notice that, dude. I, That really bothered me, dude. It sucked. Um, I did uh, not even see that. Well, you know what? But, Since we had so much negative on that, let's let's pepper this in this in to make it more fun here. Confucius say, man who put cream in tart, not always baker. <laughs> I don't think I ever used that one before. <laughs> can, I, can I do my own Confucius says? Please. Confucius say, man who uses drugs on toilet is high on pot. Nice. Good one. <laughs> I also have another uh, Steven Seagal joke. You ready for it? Yeah, hell yeah. All right, uh, I saw the trailer for the latest Seagal movie and immediately shit my pants in case they make a sequel and are looking for a script. Oh, damn, bro. <laughs> Dang. That's the plus K again. Rough. Follow him on Twitter. That was funny. See, now I'm smiling again, dude. He brought yeah, me right there out we of go. it. You brought me right, out, right back in. <laughs> you, we both brought each other back right, from the brink. Right. So thank you for that. Right. Um, so at this point, it cuts back to Jack and Diane. I mean, Avalon. <laughs> hey, dude, I almost took a cut of Jack and Diane and spliced Avalon's name in there. 
<laughs> I was going to do that for the show. I told you was. Yeah. Cuz you know what really bothered me? Um the whole movie Anytime that they had a dialogue, it was always like, can you drive the car, baby? Yeah, baby, I'll grab the car, baby. Okay, baby, you hold the car, baby. I'm going to get the... Like, it was like this baby honey schmoopy thing going on, and it drove me insane, dude. I hated it. I hated the whole thing? Hated it. It was kind of like a... um, What were their names from True Romance? Oh, yeah. um, That was a cool movie, man. I agree. It was a really crappy version of uh, Christian Slater Mm -hmm. and Patricia Arquette from True Romance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they always had to throw in the um, the, the Clarence in Alabama. Clarence in Alabama is that? That it? was their name there for True Romance. It, it it was just the writing was even in the middle of gunfights. It was always baby this, honey that, baby, baby, baby. Fire up the okay, car, baby. sweetie. Tips. You're shot, Let's baby. Let's go. Honey you're, shot, you're, you're bleeding, baby. I know, baby. Don't worry, baby. I'll be okay, baby. Okay, baby. We got to get you to the hospital, baby. Darling, like, honey. Like, oh god, dude. Yeah. And really, dude, at this point of the movie. Did anybody even need this money at this point? They've already robbed so many damn banks. Like, did they really need this money too? Greed. Yeah, I guess. But People get greedy, bro. I guess. Um, Jack isn't doing so well, but he's got to take care of his connection, he tells her. Um, Gan, at this point, gets a hand-delivered message. <laughs> That's good, dude. That's funny. He gets a little, I think he gets Klon's Cl- hand in the mail or some shit. Nice. Um, they do nothing with that. Best prop in the whole movie. Like though. who? But who like put that on a little tray and and wrapped it up for him and put it in his house? Niran, because he's his right hand man or his left hand man because Klon was the right hand man. Okay, so he actually killed the brother, went and back to the, the right place, hand man, right set hand that off. up during this whole thing, and then went back for the money after he's been stabbed with a bottle in the gut right. too. Right. Okay. I mean, you always got to send a message. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, Niren and Jack plan to meet. Niren is spotted by Lucky, true to his name, because I mean, what are the odds of that fucking shit happening, right? right? Um, who trails him to the meet at the temple? Um, and I immediately, when Jack went to meet Niren, I immediately noticed that his hand was concealed right. in a cast. Yep. So he was going to pull a the lady from Cherry Two Thousand type maneuver. Same thing I wrote down, dude. The old the old gun in the oven mitt. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so he shoots the shit out of. Um, Near and or or we you know what he could have done just left not met with anybody at all and just, just taken the money he already had and gone mm-hmm. with and neurons cut too for that matter um at this point though terrible decision number two he decides to drive away in Niran's car right. um and then we get a really terrible chase yeah. scene Un- unfortunately um, for him Neron's car is the only bmw in the world that can't outrun a u-haul truck dude i was gonna say there's no way in hell <laughs> That truck kept up with that BMW. <laughs> no way. How? But that was cool because it showed like the truck cutting through the gears and stuff. So he must have been in like 27th gear because it, that – or the BMW only went 12 miles an hour. The truck also had to make a full-on U-turn on our dirt road. Remember, they cross each other. Then mm-hmm. when he's like, turn around, that's them. Dude, that truck would have had to make a 20-point U-turn to just to turn around. <laughs> Another Austin Powers reference. <laughs> right, dude. <laughs> Impossible, dude. So with the car chase scene, basically what you get is shots of – each car doing approximately 14 miles an hour with people shooting out of the car and Steven Seagal unloading 15-round clips in literally two seconds. Yeah. It, during uh, one of the earlier ones when the dude was shooting the Chris Vector, I noticed that he was pumping the trigger like he was lifting you know, lifting the tr- his finger off and on the trigger like if it was a select fire or semi-auto, but the actual okay. CGI muzzle blasts were full auto. So it's going like, but he's lifting his finger off of it constantly, like not holding it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, 
and we just basically get a Z-grade exploding barrel roadblock, which I think a video game exploding barrel looks uh, better than this. I one. just I wrote down uh, shooting barrels in video games works just the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather shoot a barrel in uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands than right. watch this barrel explosion. This was almost um, Birdemic grade CGI. And, and what barrels on the side of the road are full of explosives all the time? That you have to shoot three times, not just once. Yeah. But three times. So he does what you do in every video game. You lead a pack of bad guys, buy some barrels, and then shoot the barrels. That's But the bad guys don't die. They just are blocked yeah. by the telephone pole right. that falls by the explosion. Yeah. I thought the explosion in Attack of the Killer Shrews of the Mind looked better than this one. Right, right. Yeah, I think the car the car uh, wreck in the Shrews was better than the poster art on this car wreck on the poster <laughs> art, dude. Oh, you can see where our heart lies, man. Yeah. Um, they they are able to escape. Uh, they ditch the car, and it, they're in a warehouse at a port that leads nowhere. Sure. I thought they were because they're walking to the warehouse. Like, man, we're finally done. We're out of here. This yeah, like, is it. I, I thought that they had escaped completely at that point. Yeah, and then of course, uh, Seagal and his goons come into the warehouse behind them, and uh, somehow he found them. I don't know how that worked out. Do you? Was Lucky nope. still on him? No idea. On his moped. Sure. They must have had Lucky with them because that's the only way they could find him because they're literally in a warehouse. that I thought that said like port, so they were going to walk through that. And there was going to be like a customs area and they were home free. Right. That is not the case uh, because at this point they picked the absolute worst time to argue about what they're going to do because he's saying like take the money, go. I've had a great life. He's already given up. I've had a great life. Things have been good. Just take the money and go. And she's like, no, baby, I don't want to leave you. You're my best. They're screaming and he's like 10 feet behind them. Yeah. And they're screaming. And then, to make matters worse, he tells her to run. And he's like, go! Don't look back! Don't ever look back, baby! You just keep running! And, like, screams it. So Seagal immediately knows where he's at. But guess what she does? She doesn't run. And cowers in a corner and watches him die. Yeah, the girl that was taught to shoot the snot out of every living creature proficient with with any weapon uh, is now cowering in the corner and not shooting. Yes. Um, Jack demonstrates the prey and spray method of gunfighting. Yes. Uh, he's nice. able to zap a couple of the bad guys who don't even die. Right. Like he shoots the guy with the man bun who gets up later in the firefight. Right. Like, wow, that hurt. Um, he does a one handed reload that totally sucked because he does a one handed reload where he does the, uh, manipulates the slide on his nipple. Oh, <laughs> he does a, a one handed, uh, slide manipulation. Yeah. But the slide never goes back. So he puts the magazine, like the magazines in. So he's sitting there and he's injured. So he takes the slide and he like rakes it over his nipple and it doesn't do anything, it. but he's like makes it look like he's trying oh, to reload it one hand. That is great. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, he gets shot. He's down. Aval- Avalon runs over and like jumps on his body, um, which I'm sitting there thinking like, you were supposed to run with the money. That's why he did that. Yeah. That's wh- why he obstructed and delayed them so that you could flee. Right. Um, and you just ruined it because now you're there. Um, Gan gets all of his money back. He allows her to live and leave. And she walks out of the building they were in. And literally it's a dock with no boats on the back of it. Yep. It's a dead end. There's nowhere to go. He's like, leave, don't ever come back. So she walks out the the bay doors and it's a fucking dead end to the ocean with no available boats to leave on. Why let her leave when you've just been shooting at her nonstop? Uh, so then we have a clip of Avalon. Why do I keep saying that? So weird. Avalon on a boat, uh, reminiscing and actually gushing about Gan's compassion. 
I thought she was sitting under a tree on an island, like on the dirt. No, she. Well, she showed her on a boat and then on. Oh, an gosh, island. So she went to an island. Yeah. Okay. But literally, she's talking about how badass Gan was for letting her live because monsters are even compassionate at some right, point. Right. Right. Even he had compassion. Um, I, I think. And now I have witnessed one of the worst endings. I have ever viewed in my entire movie or in my entire life. That whole movie was for not, it was for nothing. I, I think, um, you know, we, again, everybody knows we don't talk about the movies ahead of time. Very little, except if we need clips cut or something, you know, Hey, are you going to bring this? I need to bring that. Right. Um, yeah. one of the things I did say about this movie ahead of time was, have you seen the ending yet? And you said no. And I said, God damn, it's horrible. God damn it. It's bad. It's, <laughs> it's bad, dude. Dude, what? anticlimactic nonsensical um i dude i don't mind bad endings i mean no, not we've even seen a ton of bad downer, endings. i don't even mind nobody was a hero in this movie you could have killed everybody that would right. have been a better ending that, that warehouse a plane could have landed on the warehouse and killed everybody that would have been a better ending. attack of the shoes um, nuclear bomb could have dropped on that thing i would have cheered dude i like downer endings either i yeah. think the miss is one of my favorite endings of a movie ever in my entire life this was fucking terrible yeah yeah, dude, the look, whole movie was for nothing. I'm an equal rights type guy, dude. Women shouldn't be treated any different than men. That broad should have got killed too. Same as the dude. She should have gone. I'm not a I'm not a woman hater, but that broad should have died as well. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I just it was dumb, dumb yeah. because there's no closure. Gan or Gan doesn't get his come up, and he's still out doing the same old shit. Uh, you know. It, it 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 was like you said it was for not. Um, I guess were they going for maybe more of a a love story, a Bonnie and Clyde type thing? Like what was the? It the, was a bank heist movie to me, man, with a sprinkling of uh, shitty romance. Uh, romance, yep. Like if you're gonna make a movie with Steven there was more Se- romance between Sam and Jack than there was between Jack. And right. <laughs> if you're gonna make a movie with Steven Seagal called The Asian Connection, again, what guy wants to go in and watch a ro- a, a love story with that name and that lead in? Yeah. It, nobody. That's not what that's not what you watch kung fu movies for. I would guess. Tell me, if, give me the over under here. Do you think that there was more than if you combined it all it, into one scene? Is there more or less than one minute of martial arts in this movie? Uh, less, than, just right at one minute max, right of one minute. Absolutely. In a Steven Seagal, and he on does the front maybe movie, fifteen dude. seconds of it. I did not get what I signed up for, dude. This is false I, I advertising. Think they they overhyped the name. And Steven Seagal's image because people thought they were going to get um, uh, the movie we discussed previously, and we got none of that. I'd be I'd have been okay if it was a straight bank heist movie. Get, get, yeah, cut the love absolutely. story. I'd have been okay if it was a martial arts, martial arts movie. Cut the love story. Uh, I, I, false advertising, dude. Mm-hmm. And dude, I was looking like so. I think it was like a two million budget on that movie, dude. What yes. a bummer to hear after coming off some of these awesome low budgets we've watched, and then two million bucks, bro. Two million dollars, dude. On this. I, I just, just imagine what some of these filmmakers we've talked about on this show could do with $2 million. What do you think the Astron 6 First could off, do with $2 First off, they would be million? eating chicken nuggets all the time, <laughs> right. what uh, would, you know, feeding their guys raisin canes and stuff. What would Manborg look like with $2 million? Exactly. Dude, I talked to Aaron about this. Um, this is like a Sidaris film without none of the thing, yes. without any of the things that we love from a Sidaris film. Right, right. I think I even uh, texted him the same. I said it's basically a Sidaris film, but not as fun. Yeah. It's a bummer because I, I like Steven Seagal. I really like his movies. I think these actors could have done really good with some uh, better direction. I do too. I do and too. Uh, some better choices being made with the script. Uh, yeah, the, I think the writing was was super suspect. Um, 
I would say the the plot was it's just a paper thin story with some suspect dialogue wrapped around it, and and that's a bummer. Absolutely, that's I, a perfect. Yeah, perfect I, I, I think that uh, description. A lot of the people in here really could have shined with with different material. Really. Um, fun fact: Seagal granted Russian citizenship. Now he will have two countries where his films will go directly to the discount bin. <laughs> wow, dude. Still that was uh, Lee Mays. Follow these guys. They're all hilarious on Twitter. Thank you for uh, that. That's good shit, man. Uh, that was my rap, dude. You done? I am done. Uh, one thing I would like to do before we go, um, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I don't often go to IMDb to read reviews for movies. Oh, that's okay? right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I want to read you guys a couple that prove that people – we say this all the time. We don't review movies. We talk about movies. We're not smart enough to review movies no. because we don't have adjectives uh, that um, we can pepper and add as you know relish to our show to correctly um, review, review a movie. We're two friends who like to discuss them. But people do go on IMDb to review movies. So I want to read some of these. Um, Real fast, the whole thing is so poorly acted and scripted, not to mention directed, that it really comes down to a D-grade action flick built around Sensei Seagal playing patty cake in his PJs yet again and delivering even worse dialogue than usual. One sentence, that was great. Uh, Even giving him the opportunity of playing a bad guy for a change seems too much like hard work for the Sensei who dials in one of the lamest performances from him yet. Maybe his lethargy is a result of being squeezed too tightly into his spanks. Funny. Perhaps the worst offender in this mess is director, and I use that term very loosely, Daniel Zerilli. He continues his rise towards mediocrity with another typical example of his very obvious limitations. Watch only if you must, but don't say you weren't warned. That was from author D. Twine from AU on IMDb. Okay? Wow, that was rough, dude. (laughs) Let's go to the next page. And you tell me which one of these, that was rough, but you tell me which one more accurately describes the movie. Okay? Uh Director Daniel Zerilli has created an action-packed film that delivers on many levels the poignant relationship between lead players intertwined with the brutal drug lord Steven Seagal portrays kept me involved in this international action film that is masterfully executed. Zerilli has a keen sense of direction, not only for action, but also stunning aerial shots and genuine performances that put Asian connection in the same league as Goodfellas and Die Hard. If you want a fun evening of action entertainment with a strong storyline, this is it. And that was from um, uh, Catherine Zerilli. I don't know <laughs> what that means. His mom. <laughs> right. That's messed up, no, That was from D. Horgan 100 from the USA. You serious, dude? Goodfellas and Die Hard? Does this guy watch movies? Like, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to clown on this guy. Yeah. Um, that's why, to me, reviews are subjective. Get in there. And, don't read a review. Watch a movie yourself. Anything we say about this movie, you, you may watch Asian Connection. This may be your favorite movie of, of all time. But art is subjective, and I think the people who listen to our show kind of know. Kind of the people we would want to hang out with anyway. So I don't know what the point of all this is, but. <laughs> I was going to say basically fun. the same thing. It's like, um, who were we to tear apart someone else's hard work? I I bet that these actors really worked their ass off to 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 try to make something right. I just don't think they were given enough to make it work right. Um, so I don't want to disparage them, dude. Like the the dude that they, played Jack, they may go on to do something right. totally awesome one day, dude. That dude that played Jack, I thought with some different material, probably would have killed it. Uh, 
I, I, the chick, I think, maybe was just a budding actress. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't done much. I just her delivery was a little this off. This is her last credit, man. So yeah. she hadn't done anything since. So. Was it her first credit as well? Or just no, she no. She had some things? stuff. Okay. Um, it, it just didn't work for me, man. I really had wanted to like it. And I, I hate being negative. But um, this just seems work. like like a movie that wasn't fun. Yeah. Is there any reason to really have it around? It doesn't doesn't do anything special. It doesn't wow at all. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just there. You just described Schlocker not too. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's some bad news and some good news. All right, man. Give me your bad news. Or give me your good news. It's a movie. There you go. We saw a movie. Is that your good news? Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, my good news, I'd say, is uh, Michael Jai White, dude. I mean, he was probably the best thing in the movie. He, 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 he sold his part. It was a very small part, but I enjoyed watching him do it. He was so. intimidating as shit. Yeah, and, and they and, and you don't normally see him in a bad, uh, you know, in a, um, as a villain, an evil, evil doer, right? Yeah. Um, right. And they used a Chris Vector, which I really like that gun, so I'll give him that. Cool. Uh, bad news. It's a, just a very cliched action film that is uh, fully engaged with every trope that we know of for movies of this genre. Right. Yeah. There's nothing original about this movie at all, except that it's called Asian Connection and has no kung fu in it. God, it killed me. Um, for me, it was Seagal's mumbly delivery and maybe accent or lack of accent. Or I, I just, I wanted more from Seagal. I really do like the guy. I've liked his movies, and it was a big letdown for me to see him. It just kind of phoned this one in or, you know, whatever he did. Dude, get your groove back and start making good movies. Somebody will hire you. You will, you know, maybe... I don't know. Yeah, maybe just a payday movie. For maybe him. his handlers could tell him, like, "Hey, dude, maybe you should get back into fighting shape and kill Hollywood again." Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, those action movies he did, uh, Under Siege, Hard to Kill, they were great movies, dude. Yeah, let, let's like a year from now, let's do another cigar like Under Siege or something, just to turn this around. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. Uh, in his glory days. Yes. Schlock star rating. Uh, one too many Steven Seagal's in this movie. <laughs> Mine's almost the same. He really needs to pick better projects, dude. His his agent has got to, like, Steven, uh, rent's due. I got a movie straight to video. We're going to film in Milwaukee. Uh, it's called uh, uh, Affirmative Action. <laughs> nice. It's a good one. Yeah, so here we go. All right. Uh, mine's one missing ponytail. I can't take him seriously without the ponytail, dude. When did he lose that? I think, uh, who knows, yeah. Like, you wonder if his stylist was like, okay, it's time for it to go, and he lost all of his power when it was cut. Samson, bro, I needed that. I needed the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, did you get a life lesson learned? Never get involved in a business with your friends. Boom, not a bad one there, dude. Like yeah, schlock or not is not a business, everybody. We make zero dollars. Zero cash, right? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right, uh, my life lesson learned is uh, you can't trust Asians, bunch of damn double crossers. I knew it before. You said it before. <laughs> I'll say it before, I'll say it again. All right, so, um, oh yeah, here, quiz off. Schlocker Not Protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. So I'm going to do something different for the quiz off this time, Doc. I'm going to, I made okay. a little, a little fun for you. Um, but in order for this to work, I need you, you're going to have to give me all three of your questions in a row because mine has to all be done in a row. Okay, you ready? Yeah. If you, uh, if we were in a robbery crew, okay. we talked about it earlier, what would your code name be? I have two um, that I've been using recently. I'll let you choose between the two. Um, okay. Stevie Versace is one that I've kind of liked since we did uh, Showgirls. I'm kind of sticking with okay. that. And I, like uh, I think Aaron called me Sugar Steve the other day. So about Sugar Steve. <laughs> like Sugar Tits. Yeah, Steve. Sugar Steve. I would say you'd be a Chucky because you're creepy and you're tiny and you have red hair. So 
have red beard. I don't have red hair, but all right, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Um, mine would be beefcake because I adore both. <laughs> it should be hot dog. <laughs> beefcake. Beef and cake. I love both of those. That's great, dude. Um, was this an appropriate use of a Steven Seagal? No, nah, I'm not even going to – I won't even just uh, – I won't even answer that, dude. You already know that one. Just okay. complete waste and of I, his time. I did not write a three. <laughs> oh, okay, just two? That's cool. That's fine. I'm sorry. My, you know what? Mine's four, so I'll make up for it. Cool. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Just answer them. Uh, uh, am I supposed to just throw out an answer as fast as I can? No, no. No, you can think about it. Okay. I, uh, name me a tough guy profession, like a job that a tough guy would do. Bounty hunter. Bounty. I'm writing this down, so give me a second here. Hunter. All right. Name a type of family relation. Kissing cousins. Kissing cousins. Give me a type of criminal. Um, turd burglar. A turd burglar. That's really good off the top of your head. And I'm just a, throwing out. That's a good one. And a type of food. Pancakes. Pan. And I want to change my third answer. Okay. Kitty diddler. Oh, that's rough. I don't even like writing that down. Kitty. I'm going to have to shred this paper. Diddler. Okay. So what I've done here is I made uh, what I call the Steven Seagal movie generator. So it's a mad okay. it's a Mad Libs that I wrote out, and I'm going to plug in your answers, okay? Okay. Right. Go. Steven Seagal is an ex-bounty hunter who's just trying to live a peaceful life. But when his kissing cousins gets involved with a kitty diddler, he's forced out of retirement to do what he does best kick ass and eat pancakes what do you think dude you pretty much made a steven seagal movie right we've done it if any if anybody in hollywood wants to buy my movie generator um it's up for sale on the schlockernaut website who wouldn't want to see a bounty hunter kicking head you know kicking did all right good holy crap that was a good one that was fun thanks all right give me what you rather okay um would you rather go toe to toe for three rounds with Steven Seagal, or be his dietitian as he prepares for his next movie that he has uh, that he is contractually obligated to come in underweight? Dude, you know we almost got the same. Would you rather again? <laughs> Can you believe that? How how is that even possible, dude? <laughs> okay, so three rounds with Steven Seagal as is right now. <sighs> like you've got to tell him you can't eat that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, I don't see that happening. I, I could, I see, dude, he, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm pretty quick. You know, maybe I could just kind of keep away from dance a bit for three rounds. I think I'd go for that. Okay. How about you? I'd be his dietitian, man. I just want to see him get healthier and kick, kick, kick some ass in movies, man. So we got him covered both ways. Absolutely. Schlocker and I's got Steven Seagal covered. Okay. I don't know how we do this, man. This is crazy. So for me, uh, would you rather be Steven Seagal's sparring partner or, masse- or masseuse? Because I have sparring, a feeling. Sparring I, partner. I have a feeling that he's one of those sparring partners that is like that chick that I talked about earlier. I that's bet really you he's aggressive. not, dude. I bet he is, dude. I bet he's an alpha male. He I, t- I watched that TV show where he was like a reserve deputy and he was training those guys. He seemed really cool. He wasn't super aggressive? No. Was he super sweaty? Of course. I think he was in like <laughs> Louisiana or somewhere. Because so then his uh, Louisiana accent came out. So he's going to be sweating all over you when he's grabbing your arms and tossing you all around. <laughs> so you can escape and evade. Uh, Steven Seagal is going to be sweaty when he's tossing you around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's good. That's funny. Okay. Uh, schlock or not? 
this isn't schlock and it's not either. It's just a bland amalgamation of uh, set pieces that represents images on films. Um, it's just the visual media. It's nothing else. Okay. Uh, that's a good one, dude. I, I'm, I'm going to say schlock because if, if I had to choose one or the other, I'd lean that way. Like I said earlier, paper-thin story, suspect dialogue, didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's schlock too, just okay. just so we have it. So we can uh, categorize So we can't it. use that as an excuse every time where we don't okay. want to make a decision. I gotcha. Okay. It's schlock. Okay. Give me a flick pick. I'm going to say uh, The Raid Redemption. Nice. It cost half of what this movie costs. Yeah, good movie. And has a hundred times more action. Yeah. It's a terrific example of fine action filmmaking. Yeah, I agree. It's great. And it costs half of what this one costs. Half. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm going to, so what I did is, um, I'm starting to watch all the Marvel series on Netflix because I saw the Defenders is out and I hadn't seen all the other ones. Um, okay. I had recommended Daredevil earlier because I thought it was great. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend this time 2015's Jessica Jones, which I did not like the first time I watched it, much like this movie. Um, not not as bad as this movie, but I did go back and watch it again because I didn't finish it the first time. And I'll tell you what, it started weak. The ending is strong as shit, dude. It's really, um, it gets creepy as hell. And the bad guy's David Tennant. He's awesome in it. So I'm really glad I went back and tried it. By like episode six or seven, uh, it picks up and um, it was extra, it was pretty good. I was really liking the end of it. Cool, so man. I got to start, am. Luke Cage is next. So I got to start, I'll let you know if that's any good. All right, man. I started Luke Cage, and it starts off really strong, man. Okay. I just, I don't know why I didn't finish it. Okay. But it's really good. So next up, we had talked about Dr. Giggles. We had talked about that, um, that what was the one from today? The, the, uh, Nude, nudist, nudist Colony, colony of the dead. dead. But it occurred to me that we just did a horror comedy last time around. So let's, okay. let's just talk about it in the next couple of days, or maybe do a Twitter poll or something. Let's just, th- we'll, we'll figure it out in the next couple of days and throw it up on Facebook and Twitter. Sounds good, man. I don't want to do too Looking many horror to comedies it. in a row, you know? Yep. Okay, uh, oh, I do have a mission statement. No kidding. I sure do. Here you go. Schlockenauts, let us travel to the universe on a rocket ship fueled by foreskin and saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good, dude. I appreciate that. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. That is, that is Asian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. That's good. All right, do your uh, do your stuff. And let's I want to thank here. our listeners, as always, man, our uh, Patreon supporters who kick major ass, and our Twitter friends, uh, Boob R Aaron, or no, sorry, Boob R Ann, B O O B A R A N N, at Isaac's Haunted B, and at Night of the Mullets, and uh, Aaron at Ghost Tattoo, and Crystal, thank you very much for correcting me. I am forever in both of your debts. Nice. And uh, you, Steve, thanks again. Thanks, buddy. Sorry you had to watch this. It was a bad pick. Um, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Right, <laughs> oh, con- wait, was that, was, uh, was that, was that what? a mic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, I didn't even pull anything for the end of the show, so I'm just going to do our thanks and play us out, man. Cool, um, brother. Let's con- have a great one. Yep. Contact us at schlockernot at gmail.com. Uh, Steve, Steve52.com has all the links you could ask for. This show is completely brought to you by our patrons. They pay for everything. Um, I'd love to get some more people in there. Chop it up on our Slack if you want to get in a Slack or chat channel. Uh, some of our future goals are to get an actual like live chat going while we're recording, so you could sit in and listen and type to us and correct us uh, that would live, be so much fun, like on dude. the fly corrections. That'd be great. Um, or little tidbits. <laughs> Instead we of eight episodes that. later. <laughs> so uh, if you want to get in on that, just go to Steve Fifty Two and become a patron. Patreon. You can uh, you can help support us for as little as one dollar a month, and we appreciate everybody that does that for us. Uh, shirts, blah Thank blah blah. Schlocker line, Schlock line two hundred nine Steve Fifty Two. Um, I'll find something fun to play for us at the end. Doc, thanks for sitting through this one. I'm sorry that uh, my my throwing the the dart at the at the Netflix board did not land on a on a good number this I time. I would rather have done M- Mummy Maniacs than this. 
That's saying a lot, bro. We're doing that one day. Our very first dude. Did you tell it? Did we? We've already talked to people about how you get, put me through a, basically an interview process before I even got this gig, right? This is news to me. Go ahead, let me hear this. Remember, you said, "Hey, just we'll both write a review of Mummy Maniac, and we'll send it to each other, and we'll see if if we're compatible." You took that as an as an interview. I took that as a fun thing to do with your buddy. <laughs> but if you think about it, that's kind of what it was. Because hey, if mine had sucked, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Or if mine had sucked. But you know what's weird is uh, we synced up pretty good on that. And we also keep somehow getting like the same sponsor and the same so weird, would yeah. you rathers. And dude, you could literally pick from like an infinite amount of would you rathers and we come up with the same damn one. Because we're both immature and stupid. The same type of stupid is what's going on over here. That's right. All right. I'll play this out. Speaking of the same type of stupid, enjoy this. Confucius say, prostitute who ride bicycle, pedal ass all over town. Racist. <laughs>